2: Flushcare.com slash weight loss.
3: Connecting to the big show. In three, 20, two, 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 one or country that
4: comes up with a name for fun, crack. It's like out it's Scotland, and it's no harm. 55 euros straight out of my account. So they have my money and I have no test.
5: It's had time for all these people and it's always a good-hearted
0: person to change them. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696
3: WhatsApp 083 396
0: Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This
3: is the Opinion Line with P.
6: There actually were, I'm told, pubs where people went in yesterday afternoon and ordered a a toaster special and a pint and sat there and watched it for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. I was actually very surprised to learn afterwards that uh, Tobriddy and Noel Kelly had asked to have the two sessions back-to-back because I thought that was ridiculous. I would rather chew off my own arm than sit through that for seven and a half hours, do one committee today and another committee tomorrow and give yourself a chance to breathe in between, I would have thought, but they did. They asked to do the two of them back-to-back. They also missed a deadline for getting their notes in, which that wasn't exactly... Uh, taking the right approach to it. I, I don't know what you watched. I don't know what you think. I didn't form an opinion, or at least if I did, I'm not going to express it here this morning. I want you to tell me what you thought was the key standout moment from those testimonies yesterday. We will talk more about it later. I'll speak with Finan Shin from The Independent and also with Sean Defoe from our political desk to see where we go from here. I wonder will there be the same interest at all today in the discussions on GAA Go because it was something that really triggered phone calls here earlier in the summer when we lost some great cork matches to GAA Go and a lot of people were very cross about it and rang here to say how cross they were. That's before the media committee today. I doubt anybody is going to go into a pub and order a point of Guinness and a toasty and sit watching that one. But you never know. Time will tell. That is later this morning. I, I, I'd like to know that the newspapers are full of it. The front page is full of the face of Mr. T and quotes from Mr. Tubbery, quotes from Mr. Kelly, questions that were bounced off of them. He says that there were a number of untruths told. Uh, there's still questions about these invoices that were going back and forth for... For consultancy, were you satisfied with the answers? Be interested to know uh, how how you feel about it. Um, yes, he is massively paid, and he said that yesterday. He's massively paid. Uh, some, I did see one bit of commentary last night that a lot of the anger is down to the politics of envy. I, I don't, not too sure. I go with that, but we'll see. Your your thoughts are welcome at 08189696. 96, you text me you or know, WhatsApp 083 you know, 396 96 96, or you email opinion at 96fm.ie, and of course, you can voice message um, from wherever you are. Actually, if you're on your Hollybobs bobs and you're by a, by a pool now, anywhere, uh, looking for to get a sunbed and to see if there's a an sausage and egg sandwich to be had at the pool bar. I'm wondering how warm it's going to get today. Were you one of? Did you, for example, look to see this yesterday? Did you sit by the pool yesterday with this playing on your phone? I wouldn't be at all surprised if some people did. I will come back to it. We were talking last week with the students' union at UCC about accommodation and the crisis in accommodation, and one sizable chunk of student accommodation the Cork Student Village has been taken out of play for the years 2023 into 2024 and what we know is that it will be used now, the contract has been signed to house Ukrainian refugees there Um, I don't know how many of them I don't know when they're going to go in there but that seems to be the plan Bridget, your daughter uh, stayed there last year and the hope was that she'd be staying there again for 2023-2024, but you only found out recently that's not going to be the case. And it's all a bit confused. Morning.
7: Good morning, yes. She was a first-year student last year in UCC and she got accommodation in the student village. And then subsequently, the the tradition would be once you go in on her first year, you automatically would get a room for second year they would give precedence to people already existing in the village so basically coming into January as you can imagine we got onto them and said listen is this still happening so she's now in they said no problem there will be a room there for her for next year so we sat back and waited for the you know the form to come to fill out
6: so she was in for first year and in last January you said okay she'll be staying for second year and you were expecting it to be confirmed but it hasn't been
7: well, we were dealing with the caretaker and the person in the office downstairs. I don't imagine they were the owners of the building, but they were the company. I suppose that were running the building at the time. Yes. So we just—I just made the query: Would she be automatically be given precedence for her room next year? And they said yes, but they wouldn't be um, giving us out the form to fill out just yet. That's what we were told in the January. But then, subsequent to that, we waited. And we didn't do anything else about accommodation because you need to be looking in January now in Cork for your student you know, accommodation anywhere else. Mm. So we sat and we waited into, into February. And my daughter went down a couple of times to reception to say, you know, where is the form and what do we do? And it'll come, it'll come. And I subsequently rang. I said, listen, I just want to make sure because I don't want to be stuck with nothing. Yeah. They said, no, you're fine. So that was on the Friday I rang. And on the Monday which is a 13th of March, I actually have the email. We got the email to say that because of their insurance company saying that their fire regulations, you know, their equipment and everything had to be upgraded, they were going to close for the full academic year.
0: Right.
6: So there would be no places.
7: Yes, and I suppose, Peter, to be fair, any parent wanting to get their child into an accommodation in any in Ireland, you need to be looking in the January. So I suppose as a parent, if someone had said to me in January, listen, we're closing for the year, I would have gone about to find something else. But by the 13th of March, most of what. Now, they're calling it reasonably priced accommodation, but you're still looking at about 800 euro a month for a reasonable accommodation, was gone.
6: So, yeah. all the time, let me just keep going back over it again for, for the sake of clarity, Bridget. So, from January, you'd been saying, Will she have her place? They'd said, The form will come, the form will come. Then, come March, you were told, Actually, she won't have a place because. We have to refurbish the complex, so then you're left with nothing.
7: Exactly, and now I like I don't know. The, you know, I was speaking to people over the phone PJ, but what she kept saying to me was, "The owners must get back to us. The owners must get back to us, and then we'll have the forms for you." So I don't know. Maybe there wasn't a, there wasn't a communication going on, and I don't know this for an absolute fact. I'm, you know, surmising but perhaps that perhaps with respect to the owners, that maybe they hadn't told the company downstairs at reception you know what, lads, we're not going to be giving you forms. Mm. So they were just dealing, maybe they were honest with their reply, but they hadn't been told that, I don't know, PJ, but, you know, to give fair to them, you know, because they were always very pleasant, you know, to be fair. And can I just say, PJ, I have absolutely no problem with the Ukrainian families who have had such a hard year to get accommodation.
6: Sure. No, I just want to, I was going to come to that point. When did you learn that the Ukrainians were going to be housed there?
7: Well, I'll tell you how I learned it, actually. I, when I was at work, one of my colleagues said, wasn't your girl supposed to go into the student village? I said, she was. But do you know what they're doing with it? And I was like, no, nah, that can't be true. Then the Cork Examiner carried an article. Was it last week? Mm-hmm. Do you know what made me mad was, you, you know, if, if this is what's going to happen, that's okay. But there should be some form of a regulation. So that if they're going to change the purpose of 800 bids of a supply that isn't there for students over to another... Um, cohort of people that someone should say either yeah or nay to that do you know what I'm trying to say this freedom to just you know pull the rug from under people and have nobody to say yes you can do that or no do you know what I'm trying to say
6: yeah but you were told in March that there wouldn't be opening yeah. for the academic year because they had to refurbish and you said exactly. well okay it's very late to be finding this out but but that it it is what it is
0: Possible.
3: yeah
6: and now like you say you've not against the Ukrainian people but how did you feel when you were told they were going in there? Well,
7: look, you know what I felt. Now, to be honest, we live—we don't—we're we a commutable. We're about an hour. You could commute from my house to uh-huh, there, uh-huh. which we will have to do with a car, and that's going to have to happen. But she has friends living in Wexford. They are, you know, in a worse state than me. But I suppose you know what I feel that the, the 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 regulation of student accommodation, which everybody knows is hard to find, that someone needs to step and be in charge of it because. Surely that the, I felt that the owners of that building should either, either go to the planning authority or the education authority or someone and say, lads, you know, we want to repurpose this, so now we're going to leave it with 800 beds short. And then someone would say, no, lads, you can't do that because we don't have this... Do you know what I'm trying to say to you? I do. There was no onus on that owner to make... So I may be kind of mad that that's the way it is down there at the moment, you know, for parents trying to find...
6: The question that is arising in my mind as an observer, mm-hmm. purely Bridget, is you were told in March that the place had to be refurbished yeah. then we subsequently learned there's a contract signed for ukrainian refugees one has to ask the question yes why did they tell you they had to refurbish it what was going on there
7: i don't know i i i do you know i don't know and and to be fair they were the cheap one of the cheapest accommodation in Park when i went looking because i went after march to find accommodation and the most and i say reasonable in a very loose term the most reasonable room I could find for her was a twin bedroom with no en suite, 8,000 euros per person. So they were getting 16,000 for that room for that academic year. The most reasonable accommodation I could find beyond that in March. Wow. So it's gone all out of it's really, I know I'm going a little bit off the point. But You're
6: okay. I was talking to the Students' Union last week, Bridget, and they were saying the same thing that the, the accommodation is A, in short supply, and B, extremely expensive.
7: I thought excluding students from going to college, they have our fees this year. The fees are nothing. We, in order to put your child in accommodation in Cork, for nine months of the year, you will do very well to keep it under 8,000 euro. And if you work that out per month, it's nearly 900 euro a month. And that is, I got, my girl was in an apartment with five bedrooms. So each of those people were, were paying 750 quid a month. Multiply that by five and multiply that by nine. Yeah. And there you are. Like It's and you know, that's excluding students from, from staying in Corkford or UCC because parents can't afford to put a roof over their heads under. But I think it was the under... I couldn't believe when I found that out after all of that. Do you know what I mean? To find that this is actually what they were doing. So when they'd ever come back, I suppose my daughter was thinking, well, you know what? Now when they refurbished that, those rooms will come back on stream the following year. I don't know, will they?
6: Well, if there's no. people in there from Ukraine, they, they can't refurbish them, can they?
7: Oh my God, absolutely. I hadn't even even thought of this point.
6: You're told one thing and then you find something else out a few weeks later. That's what's making you cross.
7: Well, you know what makes me even crosser is the fact that, you know, if I knew in January, listen, I'd cope with that because I would find some, you know, we'd have put in our name to the likes of Brookfield or all the other places. Yeah. But by March, the doors are shut because everybody else has started for rooms. You know, by March, you may forget about it. I am you looking at 8 grand a person for a twin or 10,000 euro for any other place in Cork. Because I rang everywhere, I assure you. But, you know, that's where it's at.
6: Bridget, you have a good day.
7: You too, Bridget. Thanks. Appreciate that.
6: Thanks. And I hope that your daughter gets, gets sorted some way. She has a car, she better drive. They're not too far out, but her friends are, are caught with this. But you'd love to know what exactly was happening, wouldn't you? They were being told, no, we're closing it for the academic year twenty three to twenty four because we want to refurbish it, refurbish it and now that the contract has been signed to put Ukrainian refugees in there. Nobody saying anything against the Ukrainian refugees. Not for a second. But what's the what's true? Hey? Eh? O eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We're with our friends all this week at the Clayton Hotel, Cork City. Your chance to soak up the boutiques and department stores of our fine city with Clayton Hotel right there on the doorstep. Shop till you drop and drop straight in the front door of the Clayton Hotel Cork City to be wined and dined. We have a chance for you to win a night there at dinner and bed and breakfast for two people doing it every day this week on the opinion line asking you to identify a sound that you would associate with a hotel or a bar a restaurant or that kind of thing. Oh, that's a sneaky one. That's a little bit of a sneaky one. I don't hear these till they give them to me. What is that? Tell me what it is and put your name to 83 396
3: Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live.
0: With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96F. The university completed a survey and they found women are more likely to give their number if romantic music is playing in the backgrounds.
8: That's ridiculous, because if that was the case you'd have fellas walking around with like ghetto blasters on their shoulders.
0: Ghetto blasters? Yeah.
8: Ghetto blasters. Well, you can't exactly go stick your earbuds into someone else's ears without their consent, like.
0: <laughs> wake up, wake
3: up in the morning. The rain and Ross in the morning
0: starts this Monday. Test drive the award winning Skoda Enyaq Electric SEV
3: No DC Cars Skoda Sales Dealer of the Year Corks 96 FM The Noonan's Road story
6: We talked about it yesterday On the programme The state of the apartments at Noonan's Road Uh, I said that I'd been down there Covering a story a couple of years ago now And I would have noticed that they were in need For want of a better expression Of a bit of love Uh, Turns out that they are in a dire state Altogether and there's a huge effort underway to get them refurbished some of it is urgent there's damp there's rodents there's balconies unstable there's bits of concrete falling off we had one a chat yesterday with the lady who said that a piece of concrete had fallen off and narrowly missed a man as he was carrying his laundry out the back like that's that's not acceptable Anywhere, And the point was being made, if, if that was happening in a, a place run by a private landlord, we'd be condemning it from the rooftops. It was raised in the Dole yesterday. Um, among other... <laughs> yeah, there was more than just the Tub story dominating proceedings in, in Dole area yesterday. Uh, Mick Barry raised the issue of the flats on Newlands Road.
9: There are 60 units in these flats. The vast majority are Cork City Council tenants. These tenants pay rents to the council every week, but they have to put up with broken heating systems, crumbling balconies, chronic damp, black mold, mice infestations, and minister, rat infestations too. Many of these tenants are vulnerable people. Some are old, some are sick. They feel that they have been abandoned forgotten by the council. Around the corner are a couple of key tourist locations. Tourists visiting Cork this summer will be impressed by St. Finbar's Cathedral, they'll be impressed by Elizabeth Fort. But I wonder how many of them will be aware that around the corner there are people that are being forced to live in conditions not fit for human habitation. No doubt the tourists would be shocked. They might be even more shocked to discover that the landlord is not a private grasping individual. It's the city council itself.
6: Now, Jacob, you describe yourself as a an online campaigner. You've been listening to this Newlands Road story and, and you'd like to help. Good morning.
10: Hi, PJ. That's correct. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a junior campaigner at Uplift at the moment. And uh, we cover stories like that. So we help people have their voice heard in you know, in situations or like like that, because I think the I was listening to the story, um, and I think the conditions that they live in is not acceptable, and people should know what's happening, and perhaps that will open the eyes of county council to help, mm-hmm. to help folks living living there. Yeah.
6: Remind my listeners who might not be familiar: what does uplift do?
10: Right. So we are a basically a people power campaigning community. We have around. Uh, Three hundred thousand members who help us take uh, anti-actions. Um, so we we help people uh, open a petition. Uh, help they you know when, when there's an issue, we help them open the petition and help them run the campaign. Uh, we basically give give a platform for people to have their voice heard. Uh, so I don't know if you, if you remember um, an action about Barry's Tea. So we help remove the plastic from Barry's Tea. And I know Barry's in cork is is very big. So that I do was
6: remember very big that. Cook. I yeah. do remember that. Just remind us again of what happened there. With that? Uh,
10: yes. Yeah, so basically, uh, we heard that Barry have a lot of plastic in the Barry's bag. bags. The and bags, decided Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, and we and we say that cannot be happened, It's not healthy. So we were campaigning about that. Uh, there was a lot of social action. Like you know, we sent emails to our members. There was a sh- social media share action. Uh, we got a lot of signatures. We delivered the petition, and Barista actually removed plastic from the tea. So that's one of the biggest ones. But we also support um, a lot of local local petitions. You know, so yeah. we save um, uh, we save gardens. Um, we so, keep like uh, yeah, we keep uh, mo in in parklands as well, open uh, to public or help people get the PA hours. So, So what would you suggest
6: to the people of Nuna's Road? You offering to meet them, offering to set up a petition site for them. What would you do?
10: Well, I'm in Cork, so um, I can meet them physically and talk about opening a petition, or we can have a call, whatever is more comfortable for you. I don't want to put them into uncomfortable situation that they need to meet a stranger. Uh, I can have a phone conversation with them, and I can help them open an online petition and then it depends how they want to proceed. We can share this with our members, we can share this on social media, We can they can share it with their local folks, they can share it to the radio, okay. we can get the signatures and then sure. make some noise and get okay. that petition delivered.
6: Well, well, well what it is they want is they say that many of the repairs in their apartments mm. are urgent, they feel that the situation yeah. or the condition of some of their apartments are unsafe, certainly the balconies would appear to be unstable, they, they're they're saying like let's not have a tragedy happen. Pieces of con The condition of the building is appalling. So, yeah. one would presume, Jacob, that the first thing we do is take up, start a petition to get the the council to act.
10: That's that's exactly what uh, what I would suggest. Just outline the issues, what's happening, uh, and say, look, that need to be fixed. Uh, yeah, and as a key decision maker on that petition, of course, we'll put the county council because this is who owns the building. City council, we'll get will get be
6: the one. so what, what we can do, yeah. Jacob? If, if if and you you said if if they're consenting to it, we can put you in touch with them off mm-hmm. the air and see does something happen. There there are some of the residents who are nominated. To speak mm-hmm. to media, speak to campaigners, speak to politicians. So we can, we will most likely arrange that off the air and see what can be done.
10: Yeah, that, that, that would be lovely. You have my email address and we you do. have my phone number. So wherever it's more comfortable for you, if they want to call me or drop me an email, or if they want to meet up locally in Cork as well, I live just an hour drive. I in Yol, actually, I was living in Cork before. Okay. So I know they're around. So if they want to meet up physically and just talk about it, have a coffee and kind of okay. go. You know, to, to the bottom of that, uh, okay. I'm willing to do this. Yeah. Okay,
6: the message being that if you need help, the help is out there in the form of uplift. Thank you, Jacob, reaching out to the people of the Newlands Road Flats. Uh, we'll see what can happen between them off the air in uh, the, the days ahead. 0818 96, 96, 96 We are going to come to the Tubredi uh, appearances, Tubredi and Noel Kelly appearances we're going to do that in a few minutes.
0: Join the conversation.
3: This is the Opinion Live.
0: With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. Oldies and Irish on Corks 96 FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Big, big, big. Show, show, show. radio. radio, radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. morning. Welcome along to the program. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10am to 2pm. With Cork Simon. Do you want to leave a legacy to the city you love? Find out more about leaving a gift in your will at CorkSimon.ie. Cork's 96FM.
8: This claim that I did not take a pay cut from RT in 2020, this is not true. I took a 20% pay cut from Ortiz in my 20 to 20 to 2025 contract. Simple as that. The suggestion that my decision to retire from The Late Late Show was prompted by this whole debacle. I wasn't aware of any of this fiasco when I decided to retire from The Late Late Show. I made my initial decision to leave The Late Late Show pretty much a year ago. There is zero connection between my departure and this very raw situation of recent weeks. The third untruth is that I was covertly or secretly overpaid by RTE. This is not true. I fully accept I'm very, very well paid. I understand that. But I was fully paid in accordance with my contract. The fourth untruth is that I was aware that RTE were trying to conceal payments to me. This is not true. I was not aware that RT were concealing payments to me. RT acknowledged this in their statement of June 22, 2023, when they stated that Grant Thornton had made no findings against me. The fifth untruth, there was a secret agreement with Renault that I tried to conceal. This is not true. The sixth untruth, on, on that RT's underwriting of Renault's payment obligations was a secret. This is not true. Ortiz's underwriting of Renault's payment obligations was not a secret, as the documents we have prepared for you today show. Far from being secret, it was well known. And finally, the seventh untruth that I did not ask Ortee about their underdeclarations of my earnings. This is a question I did not ask at the time. This is a question I should have asked. I fully, fully accept that. But I will try and explain briefly and as clearly as humanly possible. At the end of the 2015-20 to 20 contract, my agent advised me that I was entitled to a f- f- phenomenally large figure payment of €120,000 that has been variously called a loyalty or an end of contract or a- an exit payment. I did not invoice for that payment, I did not pursue that payment, and I did not receive any payment. But because of how RTE reported that decision in their accounts, the narrative of the last three weeks has been that not only did I take this payment, but that I somehow contrived to hide it. So let me reiterate, I actually waived my entitlement to this payment, and I didn't receive one cent of it. I hid nothing. I had nothing to hide and particularly upset and disappointed about the decision and framing of the RT statement of June 22nd, which inextricably linked my name to this whole fiasco. My name was mentioned 15 times in that statement, 15 times, and I was not consulted once. I did not have the Grant Thornton Report, which RT had, and which RT acknowledged made no findings of wrongdoing on my part. I asked Orti to clarify that this was the case. They did. 4 days 4 days after much of the da- much of the damage was done. Pretty much all of the damage was done. And the result of this is that I've become the face of a national scandal. I've been accused of being complicit deceitful and dishonest. I think the statement of June the 22nd was very unhelpful in this regard
6: few minutes of Ryan Tuberty before the committee's yesterday political correspondent, Sean Defoe. Sean, he came out, as did Noel Kelly, he came out studs up. Do you think he ended the day a winner or loser, politically anyway? Morning.
2: Uh, morning. Uh, I think he did well, in fairness to him, yesterday. I have to say studs up. That real one-two punch came out with the opening statements when he went through those seven untruths, some of which you've heard there, and made the accusation and backed it up with receipts of, of, of different emails. That, despite ORT saying that they never agreed to underwrite the, the Renault deal, that wasn't true. That they had, in writing, agreed to underwrite the Renault dealer, at least to provide a side letter of comfort to that effect and Noel Kelly expanding on that. He spent the rest, that was probably the the punchiest parts of the committee, the the ones that he got most annoyed at questions-wise were when people questioned whether this was why he resigned from the late late. You take Adrian Lynch's suggestion at the committee that it was possible Ryan Turbury had gotten wind of this scandal to come and had decided to step down. He really strongly punched back at that, saying that it absolutely wasn't the case that he left the late. Late because he um, uh, was burnt out after COVID and that there were conversations he'd been having as far back as last August mm. about it. So really hit back quite strongly on that. I think he struck a pretty good balance overall of being you know strong and forthright with the questions without sort of being aggressive about it but then also you know a lot of sincerity to him uh, and a lot of uh, a lot of standing up to the question saying mm. yes look I, I did wrong in not questioning this further when it was when it publicly was released what my salary was and i knew it wasn't right and may a culpa on that but um no overall i think a lot of the politicians felt he came away well whether it is going to be enough to save his broadcasting career that's still up in the question but i think on the balance of probabilities he probably
3: did
2: enough that's one of the reasons I wanted to speak with you 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 would have the ears of the
6: the passages of of Leinster House overnight since it all ended after seven grueling hours I I honestly thought Sean I heard that they had asked to do the two committees in one day I would rather chew off my own arm (laughs) than than, than sit through that if I were in his position but the, the feeling in the corridors of Leinster House last evening was what in general
2: Yeah, look, he definitely took the hardest route. There's just no two ways about that. He could have done, you know, a quiet Sunday feature in a newspaper or some sort of sit down interview. And I think that's what a lot of people would have done in that sort of crisis management situation. And he looked wrecked by the end of it, as did Noel Kelly. The mood was sort of twofold towards Ryan Tuberty, I think they felt that he had answered pretty much as much as he could. And there was a, a respect, I was going to say a grudging respect. It's not even a grudging respect, sort of a respect that Jay came in, he answered the questions, he faced the musics. He did pretty well. Not so much about Noel Kelly. There were a lot more questions about his testimony mm. uh, and what he had to say, and particularly around this nut that was never quite cracked in all the six and a half, seven hours yesterday, that despite Noel Kelly and Ryan Toberty saying repeatedly and very openly, this is Ortiz's fault. This is entirely Ortiz's fault. It is a mess of their own making. Had they come to us and been open at the start, all of this would have been very, uh, very different. And as a result, they've dragged our name through the mud. Yet the question that really uh, Noel Kelly didn't answer to sa- the satisfaction of the committee members was, uh, was this, that the invoices... Yes two invoices for 75,000 euro. He was told to raise them to a British company that he had never heard of. He was told to mark them uh, without any sort of a name of Ryan Tuberty. He was told to label them as consultancy fees, knowing that that wasn't true. They are not for consultancy fees, that it would be highly unusual to not put the client's name on an actual invoice and then to a company that he had never dealt with and had never heard of before. And the question, the, the answer he kept coming back to was, well, look, this is Ortiz's instructions. This is what they told us to do. We've yeah. worked with Ortiz for 23 years. They're not some startup. They're an institution uh, on the national landscape and we just trusted them. And that was something that the committee members did not particular buy, particularly buy. And I think Kieran Cannon probably sums up the mood towards as he was getting more and more frustrated towards the end of the committee when he you know, relayed a, a story from his father or yes. something that his dad used to tell him. You know, if Jimmy told you to stick your hand in the fire, would you, would do, you do it? it? Yeah. And that was the sort of uh, the mood among them yesterday evening.
6: Yeah, yeah.
2: Th- those invoices
6: certainly were the one. I watched the afternoon session almost in its entirety, and, and, and I do think he was caught somewhat on a sticky wicket with those invoices. I was almost thinking, Sean, that if the invoices had been made out for professional services rendered rather mm. than consultancy, they'd have been in the clear. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't yeah. have been an issue. But do, do you, do you don't think. You don't think they did enough to explain it, or is that just your your observation?
2: Yeah, no. Well, uh, certainly speaking to to TDs and senators yeah. who were in the committee last night, I think they they weren't happy with that explanation. They were kind of content with a lot of the rest of what came before them, but they just didn't buy that someone with the professional experience, the acumen, the business nous of Noel Kelly wouldn't question this that you know if 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 it was anybody if if you or me or anyone was asked to raise an invoice and you know a company that you've been dealing with for a long time and suddenly they came to you and said actually we'll invoice it to this company Mm. and a company that you've you've never heard of that you just wouldn't ask a question even to say so you know Come here, what's, this, what's the story? Why are we doing it this way? Now, Kelly was sort of saying, look, he thought it was the processes. And Orty is a big enough organization that I'm sure there are multiple different accounts that things get paid out of and, and that it was all maybe for an accountancy reason is what he assumed, but the, they just weren't buying that. Now, and Ryan Tuberty was asked about it several times. He was asked, um, you know, would he describe what he does as consultancy? And he ultimately said said no in a sort of a roundabout way. Yeah. Um, but any of the other questions really about his contract, negotiations, how all of that was done payments due to him, he deferred entirely to Noel Kelly saying basically he doesn't have any sort of a head for this kind of stuff and that's why he pays Noel Kelly a lot of money to have a head for it
6: And and he would be paying Noel Kelly a lot of money I understand Noel Kelly takes 15% of of every euro that his clients make, there was a third player in there who was giving a lot of instruction, they had a solicitor it's Struck me watching, as I said, the second committee, that Noel Kelly was taking instruction on exactly how to answer questions here.
2: Yeah, it was an unusual arrangement, one that doesn't happen a lot with the practice committees. And There's a thing, questions. Sean, they
6: had to ask for that arrangement, didn't they? It's not, it's not normal for people to bring in a solicitor to a committee.
2: No, it's not. Now, it would be somewhat more normal with large organisations where they might have a, a member of the legal team attending. If you even think of RTE last week, there was a member of the, the legal team who was there to you now to give evidence because uh, she potentially had pertinent information. But it would be very unusual that sort of a personal solicitor would be there from from Hayes solicitors yesterday. And increasingly, as it went on, there was more back and forth. Now, for the most part, he was just handing forward relevant documents as they came up or jogging their memory on a, on a particular thing because there was a 40 page uh, um, leaflet of documents if you like handed in so there was kind of a lot of back and yeah. forth on that from different committee members but there were other times where Noel Kelly consulted for example he was asked did he get a 15% cut of those 75,000 euro payments from Renault and he consulted with the legal advice and said that he didn't want to answer that and then on legal advice to the committee from their own um, legal representative they were told that it was out of bounds for, for a question and couldn't be answered which I thought and um, Michal karagi the committee member who was asking thought was, was a little bit strange given it's public money and a, yeah. a relatively pertinent question. But yes, unusual arrangement where, where that was going back and forth. The members were thought it was unusual but didn't necessarily think it was overly invasive and they had issued a strict instruction that the, the solicitor was not to speak at any point during the during the proceedings. Which indeed he, he didn't. So at the end of the day, Sean, a mix,
6: mixed feelings but... Generally, that Ryan Tubby seems to have acquitted himself reasonably well. Not so much Noel Kelly.
2: I think, yeah, and even to say he didn't acquit himself well is, is probably unfair. I think broadly he did. It's just that they weren't necessarily happy with the answers. I mean, can, can you criticise someone for sticking to their same answer throughout the entire thing, even if the question was asked yeah, you know, probably 40 yeah. different ways, you know? Yeah. Like, they, he didn't change his story at any point. Yeah. That was his answer, and he absolutely stuck to it. But that did frustrate the politicians. I think Ryan Tuberty, yeah, on the balance of probabilities, you look and say, has he done enough to save his career? Very probably. I mean, yeah. Kevin Backhurst, if you take the the... the bona days of their information yesterday, that what they did is they negotiated a deal, and it was all on RTE who just underreported and created this whole mess. You'd have to say you'd be hard to gotten rid of, but of course it's not quite as as simple as that.
6: Well, lastly and briefly, Sean, clarify something for me on deadlines. The the doc the document they placed before the committee was there an actual deadline, and did they break it?
2: So usually committees don't issue very strict. They don't say it has to be in by five o'clock or whatever, but they expect it in good time to have them a look. Now, initially, the committee had been told that they would get the documents on Monday. Then on Monday, they got a letter to say that they would have them at half eight, but no later than half eight on Tuesday morning. Uh, And we got them in around that time. It was a little bit, I I don't know when it was uploaded because the way the process works is that the documents are emailed in. There's a clerk that has to upload them to the system and then the politicians get access and then the media get access by 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 dint of leaks. Um, and we had the documents by probably 20 to eight, certainly looking through them yesterday morning. So it didn't give them a huge amount of time, given, as I said, there was 40 mm. pages. Some of them were contracts. They were kind of tricky to go yeah. through. And to me, it struck me as something that was quite media-managed. Um, but in terms of actually breaching any sort of a deadline, no, it didn't.
6: OK, now i leave it there, Sean. Thank you, Sean Defoe, political correspondent. To Ireland editor at Independence, Fionnard Sheehan. Fionnard, you writing this morning about Rodney and Del Boy. I don't think you were too impressed with them by the end of the day. Morning.
11: No, was well, the... The, the answers that came back from them on, on any of the facts and figures were already unconvincing. I mean, my, Ryan Tubby might have might have done well on the hearts and minds side in terms of gener, gen, generating any sort of sympathy or goodwill towards them. That's fine, but I mean, their their the, the answers on uh, this deal with Renault not being connected to the contract uh, negotiations that that wasn't really accepted by the committee uh Noel Kelly's explanation uh on on the, the invoices that wasn't uh, accepted either. Uh the guarantee uh that he says wasn't a guarantee came under a lot of scrutiny as well and you'd have to have a lot of scepticism there. So on, on on those fronts not good uh at all. Uh, in terms of expressing his his hurt and his obsess at this in, entire affair, Ryan Ryan Tuberty, uh, clearly articulated that you'd have to accept it. Uh, also, he put forward certainly the argument that uh, his department, the show was not linked to this, and he, he was very forceful uh, on on that. Uh, and then, thirdly, you know, he has done a lot of charity work. He has done a lot of work with kids, and I don't think people would would take that away from him. But he is a very good he's a very good good bro- good broadcaster. So you know, it it depends what audience uh, he was pitching to. Uh, if it was to, to politicians and people who are trying to get to the bottom of this affair. Not convincing you, if it's to the broader public who would who would uh, be be listeners of his. You know, he he did a bit better. Yeah, it's and
6: the one thing that struck me, and I took this impression having and having watched it a number of times, shanon I wonder do you agree with me? He he seems to say that at the time they issued their first statement in late June, RTE, in which he was named fifteen times, yeah. they had in their possession. Uh, the opinion of Grant Thornton that he had done nothing wrong, but it yeah. took them four days to add yeah. that on. I would have felt he had a right to be yeah. aggrieved at that.
11: Yeah, and when he when he goes through the seven mistruths that he says have been uttered about him, some of them weren't quite mistruths. It's the thing that he's effectively claimed. There are another few that you'd, you'd say outright probably not mistruths at all, really, anything around the the, uh, the invoicing and the mm. payments. Uh, but he he does make a valid point about the Laelette show and he does make a valid point uh, about additional sums of money that RTE claimed uh, at, uh, in that very first statement that he was paid between 2017 and 2019, which he says he wasn't paid. Noel Kelly says he wasn't paid. The chief financial officer, who's still in situ, although not doing the chief financial officer's job, Richard Collins, also says he wasn't paid this money. Yet the RT board put this out there without fully researching it after a, a, a some form of internal review that they conducted. Mm. So on, on the three payments of, of 75 grand, they had a report from Deloitte, one of the top five accountancy firms in the country. They had a report from Grant Thornton, one of the top five accountancy firms in the country. So they had all their facts and figures there from twenty twenty to 2022, Ryan Toberty received three payments of 75 grand, which ultimately came from the license fee payer. That's fine. Between 2017 and 2019, they claimed he was paid another 120 grand. There is absolutely no evidence of that Mm. whatsoever. And it's exceptionally shoddy that the RT board chose to put that information out there without doing any adequate research or homework uh, or preparation uh, on that. So there is a big question there. Why do you go to such lengths between 2017 and 2019? Uh, sorry, sorry 20, such lengths between 2020 and 2022 to establish the facts, and then you don't bother uh, to do so for for the other yeah. for the other two years. So he very definitely has a case uh, there. Uh, in terms of the questions that he is putting to RT management, that they will have to come back and clarify.
6: Yeah, they'll have to go back in before a committee again. Where does this go now, Seanan? He's not going to be back on the radio anytime soon. That's that's a certainty.
11: No, uh, at best, uh, maybe at the, at the end of the summer, depending on on what. But it, it, I mean, there's a lot of elements of the equation that are tied together here now. Uh, what approach does does Ryan Dobberty take to to this? Uh, issue of the 120 grand, which they wrongly would appear to have accused him uh, of taking and under declaring, uh, never correcting, uh, the under declaration of his income. Uh, because you'd look at him and go, very definitely has a legal case there. That's, that's uh, bordering on defamatory. It is, yeah, yeah. I would say more bordering, crossing it. Yeah. Uh, crossing the, the, the uh, uh, crossing a hard border there. You and I who uh, have to deal with these laws every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's astonishing that uh, uh, the board of an organisation would put that information out there in this manner uh, w- with, without being able to back it up with, with facts. So that could be tied into it. There's also the other interdisciplinary matters in RTE around people like Marty Morrissey uh, and other people in 2FM who breached uh, editorial and and journalism uh, codes of conduct. And what happens to those people? There's also a a new uh, director general in place who is trying to assess the, the views of various stakeholders, both the public, the advertisers, the politicians, uh, and the staff internally, and he has to, has to weigh all that up. So there are there are pros and cons in either direction uh, about whether or not Ryan Tubbery will be will be back uh, on the air. Certainly didn't help himself by taking a right hop off our team management. No. In, in certain but, aspects, but if, un- they, if they had, early, had something in, in their something?
6: hands, if they had a piece of paper in their hands that stated he didn't do anything wrong, and they held that for four days. Yeah. I think they deserved a kicking for that.
11: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, but there's, there's also... Uh, there are other issues uh, arising here. Uh, Ryan Tobey and Noel Kelly put out 40 pages of, of documents. That's not all the documents that are available to them. There are other documents and communications that, that we know have been flagged, that haven't been provided yet. For example, uh, communications between Artie and Noel... Kelly management uh, in 2022, uh, chasing payment is the phrase that was used yeah. uh, around those two invoices, of 75 grand which Ryan Toberty now says he didn't do any work for, that he was due to do six gigs yeah. for Renault that he never did yeah. it's, it,
6: there's, there's, there's more to come here uh, it's, it's more exciting than any soap opera. she and thank you Fiona Ireland editor at independent.ie and before that Sean Defoe, political correspondent The floor is open to you
3: Join the conversation This is the Opinion Live
0: With Hidden Hearing Changing lives With the latest Hearing health technology They're all ears Visit hiddenhearing.ie Quartz 96 FM
3: (laughs) The Minds Are Live Hello
0: Join the conversation Call
3: 0818
0: 969696.
3: 96 or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan FM. I have to tell
6: you, somewhat mixed feelings as regards Tubberdy uh, and Kelly and how they did uh, in front of the committee's yesterday pages and pages and pages text texts and messages and we'll get some of you on the air as well if you want to come on the air and talk to me about it give us a call now and we'll get you a slot we're busy but we'll get you in there 0818 96 96 96 i will come back though to your individual uh, messages and, and read some of them a lot of people talking and i'm impressed at the knowledge ...among our listeners of of invoices and and how invoices work. And there are many opinions about the invoices. I'll just give you one or two uh, before we move on to something else, which I've been waiting to do for a few days. I'm going to do it now. This one says, Ryan Tubert is not at fault. He has an agent whose job it is to get the best deal for him. The issue is with RTE in relation to invoices. We should be asking the questions, why did RTE ask Noel Kelly to invoice an English company? Is RTE trying to avoid that or something? I believe him when he said he was following instructions. Anyone in business will tell you you might supply one company, but you could be asked to invoice another. I think they were both shafted and put out there as scapegoats, says Pat. (sighs) So I will read your explanation of purchasing orders when I have a chance to try and understand it for myself. Your knowledge of business is well better than mine, so I will come back to it. But you don't have much sympathy for the invoicing story or whatever. Um, John says, I'm disgusted with Ryan, saying he gave up the late late due to being burned out with COVID or by COVID. The real people who were burnt out and scared by what happened were in nursing homes and the elderly. A point, a valid point. Yeah, there's lots of them, and I will come. I will come back to them. Come back to them. Oh wait, a crocodile tears from Troubridge. I don't believe the drama. Same as our government ministers cry when they're caught out too. If someone on social welfare were caught, they wouldn't be long fining or jailing them. Says John in Cove. 0818 96, 96, 96. And if you want to book your place in that discussion, you can do it now. Happy devote whatever, whatever amount of time. You require. But I want to talk to my good pal, uh, Joe Bourne, Uh, not about charity, not about hairdressing, not about raising funds or getting sacks and school uniforms for kids, but about something, Joe, deeply personal, which happened a few weeks ago. And I know that you weren't ready to talk to me. Uh, really, until today. And I know when we we met at the weekend, quite coincidentally, we met and we were chatting. You said to me you talk when you're ready. And you're ready now, and I'm glad to have you there. Good morning to you.
12: Good morning, PJ, my friend. How are you? And thank you for getting on to me. Tell me about this young man. I've met him
6: with you, Uh, um, but tell me about, tell the listeners about this young man who's been in your life for 37 years.
12: Well, I have a wonderful friend, um, PJ, since he was nine. he's cerebral palsy, uh, quite severe now, would be dependent on changing nappies and feeding him and all that, you know, but an amazing young boy and a young man. And we've been together for years and years and years, but now he's a 46-year-old man, which suddenly he's did, amazing. He life, People know who I'm talking about, but I'm not going to say it. He's an amazing mother. How did he come into your life, Joe? Um, when I was in a group called CAS, years old, Care and Sharing Association, and we used to take special needs out down to Blarney maybe once a month or yeah. have a social on Tuesday. But this boy I got quite personal with and very fond of his mother. Then his mother became my best friend, and he has no siblings. He's an amazing uncle and all, right, Freddie, but that, he has no. Um, brothers and sisters and the dad died so really we kind of I became best friends with the mother, she became like a mother to me as well you know and I became like an older brother to to my friend Yes. and it went on for years and years and years PJ and the relationship just developed as we see each other nearly, you know Wednesdays Saturdays we take him out for spin Darren and myself and when I met Darren, Darren got all involved and we take the mum out, and we, we had no lucky family. But my stories with um, PJ, the mother, who is an amazing woman, amazing campaigner for the rights and needs, of special needs, and the education and all that, kept her whole life fighting for him, mm. loving him, minding him, and finding it very hard to, you know, if something happens to her, what's going to happen him? him? Yeah. And she was an amazing woman, an amazing friend. we phoned each other every night As see was she okay. She'd phone me as he was Ryan okay, and he'd, she'd say everything was fine, and blah, blah, blah. We'd get on again in the morning. But suddenly she died. Okay. Was it and sudden, Joey? Very sudden. I, to the point, PJ, like, I had been with her, on you know, I would be with him over the weekend, take, down myself would take Ryan out and things, and we'd go over on a Sunday morning, and we'd spend time with her for a while, and... Then on the Sunday, I rang my usual call, how are you? And blah, blah, blah. It's everything's grand, Joe. I'll be off to bed soon. Love you. See you tomorrow. And next, Darren got a phone call from her brother in law, who's amazing. He's a paramedic. She had phoned him, and when we got there, she was going. <laughs> okay. But to the, my point, PJ, is that she was going. At 80 years of age, still worrying about her son. Still having that, you know, we all love our children, I know, and there's mothers and fathers out there who love their kids. But when you have a special needs child, and then when you're the only parent, her total concern, how will he be, you know, will he be happy, where will he go, all this. And I think she worried herself into a massive heart attack or something, you know what I mean? Had she talked about it, Joe? Oh, All the time, but she talked about it with fear, if you know what I mean. It's, it's kind of, you know, you know where you start talk about something, but really not sit down and talk about it. And I'd say things like, you know... um you know, he'll always be looked after. We'll always love him. I'll always be in his life. Down, he'll be always in his life. His Uncle Freddy, will be always in his life. You know, so don't, oh, I know that, know that. But you know, there's nothing like a parent's love. And I think it's every parent's fear out there that what's going to happen, they nearly prefer them to go before them. You know what I mean? Which was all for, from once the moment it happened, PJ Right this amazing woman and I can't explain how amazing she was just anybody but people know who I'm talking about i not want names but people do yeah, know let's, let's
6: not name her I, 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 I think I might have met her with you once yeah
12: she's just yeah. an amazing and a contagious laugh brilliant and you know when people say to you oh my god and you're amazing you'll go straight up to heaven loads of bullshit these these people are amazing this man I'm looking after her son was amazing what the inspiration he would give me Mm-hmm. Inspiration he gave me when I was a young man in my 20s. He looks up at you, PJ. How, how, he can't tell you he's a pain in his tooth. He can't tell you he's an earache. He can't tell you he needs changing. So he's totally dependent on you. Mm-hmm. And the love was so unconditional. So how do you, you know, the love that mother had for him and the worry was unbelievable. But anyway, on the, she passed away anyway. And thought systems go getting him into... Um, looked after you know what i mean and i just have to say the wheels of motion went on from on taurus up to montana were just amazing
6: so let's let's let, let, let's let's talk about where, what used to happen before his his mom passed away and what's happening now so he obviously lived at home i take it
12: he lived at home he went off up on taurus every every day during the week he'd be home at half past three. Mammy would be waiting. She'd have him in. He'd be there then again till the following morning. We'd go over there myself. We'd spend some time with him. We might go for um, a spin or sit with him. And not every evening now, but like to be constant, you know, three times a week or something like yeah. that. In the later years, it got more more um, regular. Um, and, you know, Freddie would come over and there'd be that support. But then... He was constantly coming over home every evening at half past three for 45 years or 46 years since whenever he's been going up there, you know what I mean? It's
6: the only life he's known, yeah.
12: So he came back to his mother every day Mm. and it was just, that was the norm. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, that wasn't there anymore.
6: And he's not able to communicate to you, he, probably his closest friend outside his mom. he's not able to communicate to you how he feels about this, but what sense did you get?
12: He can't say, oh, do I have a pain in my ear? Or oh, where's my mammy gone? Or why am I up here? So I make it at the moment like it's a holiday. And I say things like, oh my God, look, ma'am, has this beautiful place all set up for you. She's gone to heaven and she's looking after you. Now, I don't know what he thinks. Yeah. I can't get into brain. He just makes sound, which is a good thing. Yeah, You know, that's a nice sound. And it's... it's
6: you learn learned to interpret over 30-something years, Joe, when he's happy, when he's sad, when he's distressed.
12: Absolutely, yeah. And he, you know, things like if he stop the car, he loves the motion of car. He loves it. But, jeez, if he stop us a traffic light. Oh, God, oh, God. Mm. You know? So where is he now? He's
6: moved out of home, obviously. Where is he now?
12: The, the guy's... He's down in John Birmingham's at night time. Okay, and local. they're absolutely PJ. I cannot tell you an amazing staff between Antares up in Montanahi, John Burnham's down at Lachine, and I go from everybody to administrations, to nurses, to carers. They're unbelievable. And it's a transition. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a very difficult place to be, I think, for. How do you know what he's thinking? But looking at him now, I think he's quite contented, but could all be a holiday, you know?
6: How how quickly did they swing into action? Mum died on a Sunday night. She wasn't going to be there the next day. How quickly did, did they find him, say, a place
12: in the John within, Birmingham Centre? Within three days. Wow. They were amazing. Like Darren, myself and Freddie took over for the, for the foreseeable few days that, um, in between. And then we're trying to have the transition of I still be in his life for a few evenings when he come home from the workplace place and then we go to John Burnham's and be there for a few hours. Yeah. And then, but kind of cutting it back a little bit now and going over to him tonight, Darren myself and we're going to Grout on Saturday. Yeah. And Friday we'll go up on Sunday and things like that. This will, this will always happen in his life. But the thing for me, PJ, is that a parent, a mother, they worry so much. Yeah. They go through this this, this of oh, what will happen him will he get the care I can give him? You know, and I just want to say out there that the services out there at the moment, the staff everyone are brilliant. And they go way beyond they go way beyond the call of so duty. You ever go into a bar and you see four or five guys in wheelchairs and things like that with carers having a cup of coffee and a scone, you know. They'll take them out for a few hours. They're, they're doing things to keep them active.
6: I know it's the, it's the worst fear. And look, I can be very deeply personal here, Joe, as you know and you, you've met my boy. You know, it's, it's our worst fear, like what happens to him if something happens to us. It's, it's every parent's fear. But I think what you wanted to talk to me about here is... The services are there, they will kick in. Ryan is gone, he, it's difficult for him, but he's being taken care of.
12: He's been taken care of, and he's been taken care of 24 7. All the, you know, the lifting, the carrying, the washing is gone from that 80 year old mother now, you know. Whom, of course, we used to help and do it for, as I say, Darren Freddie, myself, we used to be all involved and wouldn't leave. But a mother's instinct is still want to be able to do Because I used to often say, look, I do that. But Joe, I'm still his mother. I know I'm finding it tough, but this is what I've been doing all my life, you know? Yes. yes. And the services have just, they, they just really have come on board so well. And I think that people need to know or realise what, it's not just a job, it's not just oh I'm a carer down a cope or my nose or something. It's a vocation. Mm. It absolutely is you, could, you
6: could, there's no salary
12: yeah. big enough. There's no salary now. And you know, if it's something and if if I was to do my life again I'd love being a hairdresser. And I love having Ryan as my best friend. You yeah. know, but the thing is Ryan to me is not a special needs man. Is Ryan is an individual with all the needs in the world but just can't express them but his love PJ is so unconditional you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. and he looks up at you yeah. like all the lads do you go into to of these places and the trust and the you know yeah they're dependent yeah, yeah. I don't know explain what I'm, what no, I'm you trying are. to say you right?
6: are, Joe, you are. You, the, when they look at you I mean, you know, my, my, my boy has words. In fact, there's sometimes I can't shut the devil up. Yeah. You know, but, but when he looks at you with gratitude and love, there's no look like it.
12: No look I, like you've it. You've got
6: now. that with Ryan, and it's
12: brilliant. And, and his mother, Bridget, and the, the mothers out there, we don't realise what the mothers, how much they worry. No, you don't. how much they are concerned because you know I, I don't want to use the word normal because it's, it's it not but another kid can go off fend for himself and get a job get a wife get buy a house get a mortgage she's there to think, will he get the same care will he do this will he be done that you know and you know maybe 60 years ago things were so different but now things are so so improved mm. With and services, with everything.
6: I think part of the reason you wanted to talk to me about this, Joe, is that you wanted to convey that message to parents. And you've heard many of them talk here in the programme about what they go through with their youngsters every day. You want I to do. reassure them.
12: I just wanted to let them know that, the, you know, the, the help is there. The hardest thing, I think, for a mother to do is let go. Yeah. The hardest thing for a mother to do, I could even see when I was doing things for Ryan, I was saying, "Oh, move away there, I'll do that, part." No, um, I've been doing this for years, you know what I mean? It's very hard to think someone else can do better or right, but they can, they can, They. you know, and everything, everything they do is for the client. It's not for us, you know what I mean? To the point of when they feed or change, everything is done with such care, such love. And, you know, I just say to mothers and parents out there who have... That huge worry. Um, it's hard. It's easy for me to say because I don't have a kid. But Ryan was as much as a little brother to me as anybody was, and they will get the care. Just trust in 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 the care. I suppose in the mm-hmm. care. Was in mm-hmm. the. You know, this is my individual experience now at the moment, and I just wanted to express it, and I want to express the heroism of of parents and of mothers and of fathers out there. You know, we have bridges and things called after God knows who. There's people out there in our city and they're just unbelievable heroes. They walk out. They physically walk out. They worry. They do. They Mentally don't. and physically, you know what I mean? They don't sleep. They don't sleep. They the don't sleep. She no. didn't sleep. Yeah. She was an amazing, amazing mother. And she would, she now, today, she's looking down and saying, Joe, for fuck's sake, will you <laughs> shut up? I don't want any of this. <laughs> You know what I mean? But, I don't know PJ, it's just something I wanted to express. Okay. And am I doing it okay, I just... You're flying it, man.
6: Yeah, I know. and I know we, we we chatted briefly about this over the last couple of weeks. She you said you'd come and talk when you're ready. And, and I'm glad that you are. How are you? I know she was so dear to you. How are you?
12: Um, now at the moment, I'm beginning to realize she's gone, so I'm beginning to grieve her. When it happened, first it was all looking after Ryan, what needs to be done, and getting things into motion. Now I miss the nine o'clock call at night, I miss the laugh, I miss fussing them on, and I miss we going for a coffee. You know, when he was gone kind of up to play, we'd go off down, herself, myself, and we'd have, it was her time. Yeah. Oh, we'd kill each other, please. we'd be thrown out the car, she was one of these backseat drivers telling you how to drive the car, murder. But best friends, she would give you her last bob, she was an amazing. Amazing friend and, and, and wonderful person
6: to me, Joe. I'm, I'm sorry for your loss, and and um, and thank you for as a parent, as one of those parents. Thank you for the reassurance, my dear friend.
12: Okay, PJ. Cheers. God bless
6: if you, PJ, up. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Can we have a Joe Byrne bridge, please? Oh, 8
0: Join the conversation.
3: This is the
0: Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing. focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96
6: FM. And you're on the radio in less than one minute. You want to talk about Joe. But to remind you, there is time still to nominate for the 96 FM Best of Cork Awards 2023. Best Breakfast Barber Takeaway. Beauty Salon, Burger, Best Business, Instagram. Pop onto the website now, 96 ie. nominate your favourite, then we'll do a shortlist, then we'll do voting, and then we'll have an awards night later in the summer and a five thousand euro media campaign from Cork's ninety six FM also up for grabs. The best of Cork Awards only on Cork's ninety six FM. And if there was some way we could write Joe Byrne into a best of Cork Award, I think we'd do it, wouldn't we? Morning. Good morning and how are I you? Know. Listening good morning. Jo- how are you? You Me were you listening said. to Joe.
13: I'm good. Yeah, I'm Anne O'Dwyer and I travel from New Inn to Clanicilly each Wednesday to look after my granddaughter and I listen in, I look forward to the trip down, listening into your show, and I run into Duns on the way, and I literally run because I want to get back out again. Uh, number one, I think your show is amazing. I think you speak about what really, really matters, and you certainly did that. I am totally overwhelmed, sorry, by your interview today with Joe. It was just so, so real. And it's what 99% of people, especially mothers, it's what we worry about. Yeah. And it is real. I mean, we had all this talk yesterday about Ryan Tauberty and a couple of hundred thousand. That is actually so irrelevant. What is relevant is how we put down our head at night and if we're full of worry or if we're at peace. And Joe certainly brought peace to a lot of people with your interview there today, PJ. Because I know well that that is the worst worry for any parents with a special needs child who will give that unconditional love. And it's so reassuring in this world and this life and all the corruption. And we hear about corruption full time on the radio shows.
5: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
13: Well, it's so refreshing to hear the really good stories, the good news, the good carers, the wonderful, wonderful people out there. So it's not all bad, but when we're listening to all corruption, which I do feel the airwaves do have too much of the corruption being put out there, When you hear what you, in in your interview with Joe there, it just makes me feel, oh, wow. I mean, I just, you know, I worry for people who have that worry. I feel empathic with them, and I feel, oh, my God, you know, how can you ever live a life free of worry? But when you hear Joe's interview, and it's so reassuring that the good care is out there, and there are angels out there to carry on where parents when they have to leave.
6: I think the most the most reassuring element of it was that when he told me that when his friend, this chap's mom died so suddenly that it took three days to get him a place. Joe and Darren took over and looked after him for that couple of days. But he had a place within three days, which I thought was just remarkable.
13: With our health service at the moment, I certainly did not expect to hear that, and it is so so reassuring to hear it. And as regards Joe, he deserves any and every word that was ever given because he's just he's just a complete angel on this earth, helping quietly, wanting nothing about it, doing real good work quietly, and he was there then to continue what. Dear yeah. mom couldn't do when she was taken from this world. So, the, you, you
6: that, said to me, and this is very personal to you.
13: No, I don't. To be honest with you, I don't uh, have a special need okay. child, but I did. We did I have great faith in Padre Pio, okay. and I do believe in um, with my granddaughter. I'm visiting today, two years ago, he saved us from mm. being in that. And I mean, you know, he did, he did, he did heal us. Thank God, thank God. So it is personal in that sense. But I also feel, I've always felt, I've had three daughters myself, and I've always felt that a healthy child is such such a blessing. And that I don't mean to take from any special needs child, but if one fear always would have been what would happen when I would go. But as Joe said. The love you get from every, every human being, that is never to be underestimated. But I think once that fear, I imagine that would be the worst and the most frightening aspect out there to anybody who has a special needs
1: being, you know,
13: a little human child, a lovely human being. The worst fear would be when I can't give the love anymore, who will? And Joe gave reassurance. Mm-hmm.
6: That's good. And I know that's what he wanted to do when he, when he, I first spoke to him about this a week or two ago. And thank you very much for that. And, O'Dwyer Um Joe is a beautiful person, says Kate. Take the compliment, guys. A brilliant call, says Kevin. We need more Joes on the radio. What a wonderful man. I'm so moved by his interview. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I met him with, with Ryan uh, a while back now. And the bond between the two of them. Uh, yeah, it would bring a tear out of a stone. I tell you, to see the two of them together, which which is, and they're just friends. They're just friends, you know. Um, anyway, we do return to the uh, main story of the day, um, Ellie, uh, which is of course, or one of the main stories of today, which reflecting back on, on Ryan Tuberty and Old Kelly before the committees yesterday. If you have more thoughts on Joe. And what he's been saying, and particularly, I'd love to talk, I'll be with you in a second, Nelly. I'd love to talk to someone who does have that worry, who does have that fear about how you might have been moved by Joel's call. Or is there anybody else who's been through that experience? That, you know, suddenly there isn't a parent there. What happens? Um, do you worry yourself? I know we do. We don't talk about it much. Um, it's not a conversation you like to have, but it's one we'll have to have one time, I suppose. Like, it'll come up, I know it'll come up when we're on holidays now, and when we're sitting at night, and he's on his iPad or on his DVD player and we're sitting having a drink watching the watching the night time, and we'll talk about it, and it'll be a brief conversation, because it's a hard conversation. Um, but But I know that From what Joe has told me now this morning, I've learned from it. Anyway, we can come back to it. Ellie. Hi, how are you? Back to Tubbs.
13: Yeah,
4: I think listening to Joe there now and, you know, he was amazing and what he does is amazing. And then you look at the likes of Tubbs and you look at the salary that he's on. I mean, scandal aside, I think his salary alone is a scandal. and I think the presenters that are getting paid that amount of money in RTE is a scandal
6: Well, national broadcasting the world over attracts high salaries
4: Yeah, well, I mean I don't think it's worth that much I really don't I mean, RTE are kind of they're going downhill the younger generation, they don't listen to RTE they don't watch RTE they've got Netflix and you know, all these streaming kind of channels you know? Yes, I do. But I think their salaries are just completely ridiculous. Mm. You know, it's just... There's no... I mean, for that... And he's going on about how he loves his job. He loves his job. I'd love my job if I was being paid that kind of money. That's
6: true. <laughs> you know what I <laughs> mean? true. That
4: is if he tr- loves his job that much and he wants to get back on air, he should take a serious salary cut and that'll prove how much how much would up. you?
6: Okay, for a national daily radio programme that, bear in mind, and I'm not taking his side here, I'm just putting a point, a national daily radio programme that brings in a substantial amount of advertising money, what would you deem to be a fair salary, Ellie?
4: I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> <because
6: Why not? laughs> it's just an opinion.
4: I wouldn't know, but I think, you know, it is national. 100,000? So I'd, I'd go less. I'd, I'd go less just to prove how much he loves his job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you love your job that much, you listen to Joe and he's doing all that for free. It's a vocation. And if Tubbs like, yeah. loves his job as much as he said he did yesterday, then, you know, make it a vocation then. I think taking that amount of money out of the public purse is ridiculous. It's obscene. Okay. And you say it to National Broadcaster, I guess that. But how many people my age or younger listen to this? You know, I think as the years go on, the amount of people they have listening is going to fall. Mm. You know, it is a dying breed, and I think in RTE it's just who you know.
6: Well, there was a time, there was a time, Ellie, when this radio station uh, would have languished on a list well behind RTE in terms of listenership. Then we topped that list, and we've stayed on top of it since. And we were very, very happy with that. So yes, they are. They have less of a listenership than they used to have. That's for sure.
4: Well, that's proving my point. So you yeah. can say it's a na- no, It's a national broadcaster, but they're losing people listening because it's the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. They're not lo- they're not letting any new talent in, so people are bored of it. I yeah. never listen to Radio, YRT Radio One ever. Yeah. You know, I know they have got people who do like to listen. I know Joe Duffy is pretty big, but I don't listen to him either. But it is waning off.
6: Yeah, it's a fair point, and you reckon that the salaries they're being paid are too high. Uh, Ellie, thanks. Running through the day, if you look at it, the Morning Ireland salaries, I don't know what they're on because they're not listed. But if you take Duberty, we know what he was on. Uh, Claire Bourne is on about 270. Joe Duffy is on 350, which includes television. And the drive drive time team are probably on about 300,000 between the two of them. Yeah, cross over to News Talk. I don't know how much they're paid on the breakfast show. Um, One believes that Pat Kenny's paid the bones of 400 grand a year by News Talk. Uh, High salaries on national radio, it kind of goes with territory. But there's Ellie's point. If he loves his job that much, do it for a lot less. Pat, Morning.
14: Morning, PJ. How are you
6: this morning? Doing? What are your thoughts on 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 this whole thing?
14: Well, I, I think that, that's Ryan right Topley and Noel Kelly. That just scapegoats. I I think there's um, there's a big cover up uh, within RT itself. Like, you know, ask the question about why 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 were they asked to invoice an English company for the, in the first place? Mm. Where the like the, the question is uh, that they they should be asking RTs why are these English companies there? Yeah. You know? do, do
6: you think that Noel Kelly should have asked Ortiz, "Come here, why am I why am I writing an invoice for a company I've never uh, heard of and not no. putting my client's name on it?" Do you think he he had a duty to ask that question?
14: I uh, I don't think so, no. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, he thought that he was doing the deal with Reynold, and as he said himself, he thought he was invoicing Reynold. I mean, like you 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 I, I, it just is common in business. Like you could be dealing with one person, you might be asked to invoice another, well, true another true. company. That's true too. And you you, you know? might
6: often be asked to put in an invoice. Now it doesn't happen lately because things have gotten a bit more fiduciary. But I, you'd be asked, you'd, you'd you'd invoice for professional services rendered, which could be anything.
14: Oh, well, you would, of course. Yeah. So that they, that these, are, they, they, like, they should be asking him those questions. Or oh, they should be asking RT, why did you have these companies in the first place? Why are they there? Yes. You know.
6: Yes, I, I think, that, think, I think we will, have to, will the RTE people will have to go back before the committees and that question will have to be put to them, I think. Why did you ask uh, Mr. Yeah. Kelly,
14: Kelly to write Kelly up to an invoice that.
6: to a company he'd what? never heard of?
14: I, 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 I thought was it was disgraceful the way the they told it, and I'm not a fan of Ryan Tauble. So like, I like him, I watch him on television. Mm. But, I mean... Look, the way they were treated, just I thought was terrible. Did you, did you really? Cause, uh, I, did. Yeah. I thought that Brian, uh, Brian Stanley, I think he thinks he's Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> do, you <know? laughs> a, do you know what
6: I think was the moment of it all? And I thought, you know, I, I looked at it. I watched the entire afternoon session. I mean, for my sins, I watched the entire afternoon session. And what I thought was, here's a room full of TDs and senators. All looking for an opportunity to get the sound bite that'll get them on the radio. Yeah, you dead right. I, I just got that impression, and whether or not I know,
14: I know we're all dressed up as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought
6: that, I thought the moment of it was, and I, I sat up and I goes, "Sorry, what exactly did you just say?" Someone asked him, um, "Someone asked Noel Kelly, what did you do for a living before you that did was, this?" That was
14: that was Stanley, and S- I thought that was stressful. Sales and marketing.
6: Oh yeah, yep. Sa- for Cadbury's. What were you selling for Cadbury Like, I'm sorry. No, I was discussing this with the Queen Bee last night. She said, you know what Noel Kelly should have said? Engine oil. I mean, I'm sorry, like, Cadbury's. (laughs) And he has to ask, what were you selling for Cadbury's? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, 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 I thought that question was disgraceful, to be honest with you. I would be looking at his constituents and going, lads, that's what you vote for.
14: That's you you t- asked the question the to go, PJ, mm. what would you think your personal salary is? And you were saying, well, you know, Brian uh, bringing in all that income from RT. Mm. What what would you pay a top salesman? Uh, oh, You know, for selling? Yeah. You know, just to be honest, I mean, they're talking about running you down on the big salary, it has... Would you, you agree, would, you, would,
6: would you agree with oh, Eddie? It's
14: probably, it's, probably it's, it's, look, it's too high article, to be honest, it is.
6: For, for okay, for, for national radio, five days a week, bringing in a considerable amount of revenue, what would you think is a fair salary?
14: Well, Peter, you can answer that because you're, you're doing exactly the same as Ryan Tubby. You're not sure that's every bit as good. If it's probably as big a listenership, so you ask yourself the question: Am I getting paid enough? <laughs> <laughs> no, one's so, no, no one's willing to throw a figure out there. I notice. Well, look, let's, let's be honest. You take the chief executive there for Cock County Council. What's his salary? About one hundred and forty thousand a year. No,
6: she's.
14: And, look at, the res- and yeah, look at the responsibility they have. True. True. So, based on that, or even based on the T-shirts' wages, I mean, we're talking about public servants. Yes, you know, and at the end of the day, RT is a public, you know, it's a it's a public body, like, and that's it.
6: That's true. It's true. Pat, thank you very much. Good point. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. The difference between Joe and what Joe is telling us that his great friends are going through, and sort of how the other half lives at the top. It's it's a funny. Seem to be talked about in the same half an hour of the programme. But I'm delighted that you are engaging so much with it because there are pages and pages. Jim says, were, I, you know what, I'll give, I, I need a breather. And I'll do more of your comments in a sec. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. With regards to Joe uh, talking about what recently happened in his life, uh, we will podcast that uh, later, that interview. And indeed, we will put the response from Anne... In as well, so if you've missed it people, what's he talking about, who's Joe and what was Joe talking about, we'll put that up after the show, very very special contribution today from Joe Bourne-Josephs in Glashine, not talking about the usual things like fundraisers and the stuff he does but talking about something deeply personal to himself and to his dear dear friend Ryan we'll let you hear that on podcast
3: after midday today.
0: Join the conversation.
3: This is The Opinion
0: Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM. I have the most generic of faces. There's somebody working in the bonds at the
8: moment. We're separated twins or something. So everyone thinks you work in the bonds? Everybody thinks I work in the bonds. The good thing I have in a generic face is you could do a crime and then all of a sudden they're handcuffing you <laughs> on <of> the bonds. Oh! <laughs>
3: rain and Ross in the morning starts
0: this Monday. Test drive the award winning Skoda Enyaq electric SEV at no DC cars. Skoda Sales Dealer of the Year. You're my only
6: Corks 96 FM. One of your comments to get to on Tobardi and the committee and all of that. But I want to do this before I forget uh, to Paddy, uh, who lives near our Vic down in Cove and who ran out to her the other day with a card for me in his hot little hand. Now Paddy thought that you can enter the Clayton Hotel competition on a card. You can't, Paddy, but I really do appreciate the effort. He, he gave me his answer to the Clayton competition on the day, but he he said it sounded like two fellas unloading barrels across the road at the roaring donkey uh, on the top of the hill in Cove. There's a great pub in a great place, but Paddy says he loves the show and says I'm not afraid to speak my mind to keep up the good work. Thank you so much for that. You're very, very kind, Paddy, and I, I treasure I treasure getting cards like that from people. Now, uh, most of the TDs and senators are only making a name for themselves so they can get as much airtime as possible, says Joe. It did sound to me like they were all trying to get their moment. Try to get the hit. Try to score the shot that will get your bit of a soundbite played on the radio. It just sounded that way. Jim says there were three invoices. One was invoiced here in Ireland. The other were invoiced to the UK, uh, where no VAT was paid. It doesn't make sense. Is, the key, is it like the avoiding paying VAT? I'm not entirely sure of the VAT situation, but it's a valid question. Key standout moment yesterday, D. Forbes wasn't the only one who knew about the Renault deal, almost as if the exec decided to throw the one who left under a bus, and certainly, if you're to read through what Tubbardy and Kelly presented, there were far more people knew about that Renault arrangement than just D Forbes. Pat says, Yogi Bear. God, when we're invoking Yogi Bear, lads, we've reached a turn in the road. Yogi Bear used to have a saying that's too coincidental to be a coincidence. I think it's applicable for what happened. Does anyone believe them? Right, this one, Stephen. Uh, In the past few weeks, the main focus was mainly on the RTE senior management, the financial controller, the directors. Yesterday, the focus was on Toberty and his agent. My questions are, the secret payments under the barter accounts have been taking place since 2017. Is there a reason why only in 2023 this issue was discovered by the auditor? Is RTE audited annually? Why was this not revealed in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, etc, etc? The senior management, including the financial controller, should be charged with offences. If there's evidence to show that RTE accounts were falsified, please bring out my points, says Stephen. Don't know the first thing about company accounts or auditing, Stephen, but your question is is validly asked. Uh, I'm weary of it all now. The most powerful statement yesterday was from Tuberty when he said humanity has been bypassed in all this. This is a human being who's been vilified personally while RTE seemed to pass the book between themselves. Public shaming is at extraordinary levels. Over the last three weeks, I heard nothing but the huge salaries of St. Gabo and Pat Kenny in their time. Enough with the pretend shock and indignation online that a public company is wasting our money. Like, we didn't know that already with every scandal. Everyone, including me, thinks his salary was astronomical. He said he'll pay it back if he doesn't do the work. We all know his career as we knew it is over. What he said about the war, there are there were six gigs outstanding to do with Renault. And they haven't happened yet. And they were to happen within the duration of his current contract. His current contract runs until 2025, so they could still happen within the duration of the contract. If they don't, he said he'll hand the money back. I think in that way, it's it's kind of over to Renault now to organise these events. That's just my take. John says he'll sue RTE. Well, certain talking to talking. you're on Sheehan earlier, uh, the idea that you would put out a statement that RTE put out, knowing that Grant Thornton had um, exonerated him from wrongdoing and not allowed that to... Yeah, he's got... And Fionnard had other calls. There was payments attributed to him that he did not take. This is the famous 120,000. He didn't take it. He can prove he didn't take it. Yet RTE instead said that he did. He's got a case there, according to John, yeah. with all these discussions, I just wonder how qualified are all the people questioning Kelly and Tuberty? Why weren't RTE board people there to endorse the answers? It's all over the place. The board should have a legal representative. That's from Anne. There's pages. Why could the committee not have met before meeting Ryan and Kelly and come up with their questions together and have someone taking notes? It just went round in circles. But the politicians want to hear their own voices. It's like a circus, says Trish. They should have had a solicitor there, says Liz, to push back against Tubbs' legal advice. <laughs> the Baldy Barber wants to know, where do people get the time to watch hours of TV like this? <laughs> well, Baldy, I was working. That's my excuse. I was working. Uh, I sat down to watch it for work. Yeah. Sophie has a long explanation of invoices, which I promise I'll read in the next hour. Uh, Tubbs will be on commercial radio very soon, says Kevin. Uh, I'd say Backhurst marked his cards before the hearings. They're still coming in, and I will get to as many of them as I can
0: Join the conversation
3: This is the Opinion line
0: With Hidden Hearing Focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years They're all ears Visit hiddenhearing.ie Corks 96FM
3: There's still time to nominate for the Corks 96FM Best of Cork Awards Best of Cork Awards Best
0: of Cork Awards Best Beauty Salon to Breakfast. Best Barber to Gym. Hairdresser to
3: Hotel. Best Business Instagram to Best Bar. And more. See 96fm.ie now to nominate.
0: Then stay listening.
3: Stay listening. Are you ready,
0: ready for the lights? The Best of Cork Awards
3: 23. The Best of Cork Awards 23. You're the best. Only on Cork's 96fm. <laughs> the minds are
0: live. Oh, hello. Join the conversation! Call 0818 96 96,
3: 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96,
0: 96. Email opinion at 96 FM.
3: This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Coax 96 FM!
0: Join so the basis of
3: the
6: comments uh, piling in and the knowledge that people seem to have of the committee hearings yesterday and how in how much detail they seem to have watched them i wonder when the next ratings television ratings come out you know the way they tell us that the toy show was the most watched program of the year and the all ireland hurling final and the football final and all those that they're all hugely popular they give it i i wonder will the iraqtus committee hearings of the 11th of july 2023 i wonder will they make uh, the, the TAM ratings as they used to be called the television ratings I wonder, I really do because it sounds like they would I can imagine Gogglebox filming an episode based on those um, those hearings yesterday I'll come back to your pages and pages and I mean pages uh, of comments very ra- and that, like, compliments to the listeners to the opinion line this morning on how much detail you've got and how much you've scrutinised the coverage of this, and held me and others to account as well if we make mistakes. Because I know last night on Twitter, I said something about the, the length of the day, and it was pointed out to me that they had asked to do it all in one day. I had not known that. So yeah, you know we do get things wrong from time to time. I got things, I got something wrong in 1987, and I know I got something wrong in two- You know what I'm talking about. But anyway, thank you for the engagement. It's brilliant. 081896,96,96, 96 96, the number of the text of WhatsApp, 083,396, 96,96, and the email opinion at 96 ie The one thing that very few people are doing are willing to give me is what they think it should be worth as a salary to be on daytime national radio five days a week. Everyone says they're paid too much. You can agree or disagree with that according to yourself. But what is? An acceptable salary for a five-day week, five-day program, five, day prog- five program days on national radio. Uh, let's get out of this notion that you only do the two hours. <laughs> you do a lot more than that. But what would be a fair salary? Anyone come up with a figure? I'd I'd love to know. Now we were talking to Joe as well. Joe, Joe's conversation with me has has just struck so many chords across. Cork City and County today and I know that when we podcast it later it'll strike chords further afield about his recent experience where his dear, dear friend died suddenly Uh, Joe has been minding her son for 37 years and he sees him like a little brother Ryan is the chap's name and Ryan has severe cerebral palsy and many needs as a result of that and when Ryan's mum died suddenly a few weeks ago, Joe wanted to tell me about how the services that are there, that we hear so much criticism of, but the services came in and, and pulled around and got it sorted. Now, in another context, with the same kind of thing, um, Councillor John O'Sullivan joins me. John, you put this on Facebook recently after um, a child that you knew who had special needs was... Being excluded from parties or not getting invitations to parties that they should have been perfectly entitled to go to. John, good morning. Good morning,
15: PJ.
6: Yeah, it, it ties and in with it, not directly related to Joe's call, but it ties in. Same, same kind of a, a topic.
15: Well, I, I suppose to give the context, I shared it because a lady I know know locally who has um, Down syndrome, grandchild, shared it, and I gladly shared it because on my own experience and what I've seen in public life, I suppose, I felt it, it was very important and I felt it was a very important need to put up.
6: Tell um, me what's been happening.
15: Well, I, I suppose um, society has got very, I suppose, perfect, for if, if want of be a better word, and that um children must perform at the top end Uh, there with all the popular people at parties and all this kind of thing and the the, the special children and children that have an enormous amount to contribute to society and to to individuals seem to be left behind just uh, it isn't the the popular thing to invite them to a party, it isn't the popular thing to maybe take the trouble to include them in games, to include them in in, um, whatever is going on and I've seen from both this child and from other other special children's uh, families of special children, I've seen what they can contribute. And I suppose take it from my own perspective then as, as, as a publicly elected representative. I, I just sit down and I, I'm coming to the end of my career in public life, and I think the the children and the young people and people going through education are going to be the policy makers and the decision makers of the future mm-hmm. and if they don't engage with these people how are they going to understand the needs how are they going to provide what's needed, how are they going to have empathy with the, with the difficulties that family have and that and that's, that's the logic and the reason why I shared the post I did yeah. Yeah.
6: It was about a, a child with autism uh, that yes. wasn't, wasn't allowed to attend a school trip and and, no, a, and a child with Downs Since, yes, who couldn't was, stay in the dance class because yeah, well, she couldn't uh, keep up with the pace.
15: Well, in, as I understand it, in particular children with Down syndrome have can have difficulty with balance. And as you can imagine, dance would be extremely good for them, but they're quite likely, because of, of, of nature, unable to participate as... Yeah. vigorously yeah. as as as, as uh, to other children put it that way yeah. and and I, uh, that's why i I share this uh, I feel very strongly that children and adults and society have got to engage and to be exposed to the the, the enormous additionality that, that these children and these people can bring to society and i don't think I don't think it's being appreciated yeah. You know, and that—that's that, the logic of why I share. It has got a, a phenomenal add-on, and it—we'll never know the sharing because the, it's one of these things that that you copy and paste, and you yeah, don't share. Yeah, it got
6: huge traction, John. Huge yes. traction, and and yes. I have to say that it, I, I I identified with it, and a lot of people will have identified yes. with it because, you know, you have a child in class yes. or in a yes. school or in a club or in a dance class, and they're they're yes. a little bit different. Yeah. And the worst thing that can ever happen to a child is to exclude them, and they Absolutely. are being excluded
15: they are being excluded and, and my My very strong point in this is that is that society itself is losing out by not engaging and and, and appreciating the enormous i suppose the trust and the love that these children mm. can bring and and the ability they bring and they, they have a different perspective in life yeah. and, they, and and I think soci- society will be the poorer un, unless we find a way to engage in this like we we've gone from years ago before my time when when children like these were put away and we've made an attempt to incorporate them into education and into society and to have in community dwelling for 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 people and that and i'm just afraid at the moment that we're slipping back that we're just trying to veer ourselves away and, and and ignore this situation, and I, 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 I just I think I think again, as I say, look, I think the children and the young people of the, of the present are going to be the decision makers and policy makers of the future, and they need this experience to, to make good decisions going forward. Do you think? And uh, I,
6: I, I hold this as a core belief in myself, John. I don't know whether you do. I believe children. No child is born able to see difference or prejudice. They're shown it by the adults around them. I agree one hundred percent. And and do do you think that there are adults out there who are deliberately discouraging their children from being friends with little Tommy down the road who's that bit different.
15: Well whatever about discouraging, they're certainly not encouraging. Yeah. And I'd say I'd say and whether that's this might be Something that's, that's building up that it, that they they themselves weren't encouraged back along the line, but you know at some stage along the line people have to call call out and say, look, these people are important. The they, and I and I can I can say from personal experience, like they they have an enormous amount of love and trust and and abilities that they can share to people that that people can learn from and can be much I think society be much much stronger. If it if it incorporated this and 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 took this on board and 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 kept these people these young people and and older people embraced them into society and you know I, when I, I was I was deputy mayor in 2011 and one of the most eye opening things that I saw was when I was when I was deputising at the opening of a Simon community. Mm-hmm. Um, shelter in Cork and there was a book produced and the talents that those people had that, and much of society would just walk on the other side of the street rather, rather than go across and, and, and engage with them yeah. but like the, the abilities and the talents that are in people <laughs> that, that other people can kind of maybe walk away from should be acknowledged, and, and, and that's that's kind of where I come from. Interesting point that you
6: make, John. Interesting point, and I appreciate it. I know that you um have you have you some thoughts on the as a politician yourself, you'll probably have watched or oh, picked up at least on the the committees yesterday.
3: Have you thoughts
6: on I RTE? I,
15: I have, and, and I suppose outside of RTE, I suppose I, I, my thoughts on this is, is that. I feel that officials lose resonance and contact with those who they're supposed to be serving if the if the salary scales go too far ahead of the army workers in the organisation or the public. Yes, and that's that's what I would be taking back from this, and I and I know that the. As key calls them the talent, which is probably a vulgar word, but it's that's what used they call. in the
6: it's an industry word. That's some like, some they, I would I would be recorded in this building as the talent as well. Yes, doesn't I, apply, I, it doesn't
15: apply, but it is. You know, I'm a
6: gob on a stick, but I'm recorded as talent. Yeah,
15: yeah, but the, there's this idea that the person is worth a certain percentage of what advertising revenue can bring in. Yeah. But the advertising revenue comes in for the, the controller and the switchboard and the researcher. And yeah. why would why would one get all the money and the rest wouldn't?
6: It's a par- it's a point. It's a it, it's a point.
15: It's a, I, one I, I, of, the,
6: one I, of the reasons that a persons uh, negotiation would come. Well, if I'm an agent for a broadcaster, yes. I say, well, last year his my con my client's program attracted 2 million euro in advertising so I want an extra 30 grand in salary for my client Yes, you can see how he's bringing it in that's how the negotiations work
15: absolutely but I mean uh, when when I heard the, on your part, this morning that uh, the agent was getting 15% of okay. the entire salary that that Ryan Toblery was getting wouldn't Ryan Toblery be much better if he did the negotiations himself he and left the fifteen percent. He probably would. He probably would. Yeah. you, know, would you, you so think
6: at salary levels of that level, you might forget the plight of the smaller guy who puts a huge <laughs> contribution into your program.
15: That's right. I, I feel and that's across all organizations.
5: Yeah.
15: I mean you take whether it's whether it's this CEO of, of county councilor, whether it's the CEO of of any organisation, if their salary is above certain multiplier of what of what the, the different grades of workers are, if it's out of line with that, it just it certainly doesn't uh, see those people uh, in, in understanding yeah. how if, they
11: are. If, if you're
6: paid ten times more than the guy yeah. on the floor. You're you're out of touch, a bit.
15: You're out of touch, but the second and the biggest danger is it is that it creates resentment and creates unease, uh. and with, with the with the people are walking there. that they're only there to fill the pockets of others.
6: There's that thought there. Thank you, John, uh, Councillor John O'Sullivan. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Just on what he was saying about kids being excluded from parties and not being invited to to events. Just uh, sharing something. Personal with you, my young gets invited to, to more things than I do. Um, one of the reasons being, uh, he would come with myself and his mother to, to many an event or many a gathering because we don't have anyone at home and we sometimes can't leave them at home and stuff like that. My young is a fantastic DJ and he developed it all in himself, himself in his bedroom. So now, we get asked, listen, would you like to come to my 30th or my 40th or my 50th? And would, would James do the music for me? Because you know, it's gas. 0818 96 96, 96. Niamh, you're up next.
3: Join the conversation This is the Opinion Live.
0: With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie Coach 96 FM the Cork Diary. On Cork's
3: 96 FM.
0: The Galleyhead Swim is back for another year, taking place this time round on Saturday, the 22nd of July. This iconic 10 kilometre swim will see swimmers starting at the Red Strand before tackling the legendary waters around Head and finally the long 6 kilometre leg to the Warren in Ross Carberry. This year, the event will be raising money for Marymount Hospice, Cancer Connect, and Co Action. For more info, go to the website galleyheadswim.com. If if you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie.
6: Shiona says on salaries, uh, she says, hi PJ, Ryan Tuberty or Claiborne are not worth that type of money. They're being paid more than the Taoiseach and he's not worth that either. We've way too many TDs as well for a small nation. Disband RTE, not worth the licence fees, says Shiona. A couple of things rolled into one argument there, Shiona. Thank you. of on the salaries. Morning. Morning. How are you doing? You, Ryan Tubbery is paid an extraordinary amount of money. You don't begrudge it to him?
4: Do you know what? Um, I think he did a negotiation. Um, or he offered it. Why would he turn it down? I mean, anybody wants the best for them, their family and for themselves. Now, it is way too much. It's unbelievably way too much. But he negotiated that salary. And I just find that it's like... It's RTE's problem. If if you go and you, you do a job and you're offered a salary and they they say that's what you, they think it, you're worth, why wouldn't you take it? It is wrong. I do. It is a lot of money. But at the end of the day, he was offered it for a job that he was doing. And why wouldn't he take it?
6: You know, people would say to me, P- PJ, you know, you're, you're well paid. I am well paid. Nothing like that. But I am very well paid. But if someone came to me and said, uh, PJ, I'm going to give you the same, I'm going to give you twice over. Yeah? Take your hand off.
4: Yeah, exactly. The other thing is is that more... Than label likely, that, you know? And the, um, the government will take half of it in tax anyway, do you know? Oh, so, isn't
6: that, oh, that the
3: truth?
4: So, oh, like, yeah. half of it's going back into there. So I think it's a small, a small bit of begrudgery. I'm actually... you your a caller before. I'm actually a special needs assistant. Okay. I get paid pittance yeah. and I love doing my job and I would love more money, of course. It would make things easier in my life but um, that's just where I'm at and... The thing is, is I, I just find it all laughable because there's the guys inside there questioning all in um, this one presenter on his salary and all the rest of it and his agent. And the rest, they're all as corrupt. So, I mean, this government is disgusting at the current moment in time. And, I mean, this is one small little thing. It's like kind of hiding what, what uh, what's going on in the background. And that's really what I, I think. And I personally... I don't want to pay my license fee you now. I have paid it, and yeah. um, I lived away for a very long time. I'm back two years, and I find it here. It's just, it's always you get nothing for what you um, you're paying and your taxes and everything like that. And it's all, everything's rotten. And people still vote these people in. We still pay our licence fee. It's time that people said enough is enough. But whether that will happen or not, I don't know. But I, back to the point is, I, if he got off of the money, why wouldn't he take it? Yeah. It's not his fault. At the end of the day, they said to him, his agent went in, did a negotiation. They said, here's the money. What's he going to say? No, actually, I'm not going to take it. Yeah. I mean... He'd be crazy, but it is all, it's just laughable. I, I think it's laughable, and it's hiding. This is only a small little drop in the ocean sure. of what's going on.
6: There's a, there's a saying in, in media, Neve, in entertainment in general, but in terms of what you're worth. You're worth what your agent can secure yeah, for you.
4: Exactly. You know, if I'm going in, myself, if I was going into a job, in, in a high power job, and I go for a salary negotiation, I go in for health insurance, I go in for um, school fees, or whatever, you, you get what you can get. Do you know what I mean? That's, right. it, that's just the long and the short of it. You'd be crazy not to.
6: You would, you would. And, you know I, mean? and, and, I, and I know, based on what you do, Neve, uh, you represent a group of people who are grossly and sinfully... Underpaid and underappreciated.
4: Yeah, and we still get taxed on the money that we earn, and it's pittance. And but you know what? I think when you go into the job that I do, and I mean I'm only in it a small while. I work with some amazing people, and with I'm so lucky to work with the children that I do work with. And you know, I think in my job you don't go in for the money because you certainly would leave it quite fast. You know. You
6: know, I want to say something to you, and I speak on behalf of hundreds of parents, myself included. (laughs) over the years who have worked or, or who, with whom SNAs have worked with our children and I speak for thousands when I say to you Neve, on behalf of the job you do and the people you represent thank you for changing lives because that is what you do.
4: Well, I enjoy doing it and as I said, the people that I work with are amazing and, I, and I, from the experience that I'm getting from them and from the, me being able to work with the children is just, it's great. And I mean, I started it when I'm in my late 40s. I started only two years ago and I must say it's something that I really enjoy, Good. you know. Good. And you were just talking about clubs, including children. Um, I'm um, living in Glenmire, and I just want to say Riverstown Football Club they include um, children with autism, and they're absolutely amazing. They let them come down and play, and um, I've just seen, um, a particularly one little boy, and he's come out of shell so much. And um, when he goes down there and he plays, um, and it's great for the other kids to to be involved with with him and just be able to just everybody play together. It's it's, it's a great skill. Going forward, to be able to include everybody, everyone has their own quirks. Yes. That's the thing. It's not just special needs children. We all have our own quirks, That's you all. know. So we all have to learn how to live with each other's quirks, you know.
6: Indeed, Need Thank you. and Thank you for what you do. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. With regards to turbidity, again, we said this on the first day of the story. It plasters over bullet holes. Uh, Toberty is now out of facing the committee It's RTE, which by the way does not stand for Ryan Toberty Enterprises They have scurried away now to let the dust settle but The question is back What happens next? Uh, as regards the Cadbury's comment for Brian Stanley I'm surprised he didn't ask him How do you eat yours? Phil, my TV licence payment is due by the end of this month If I decide not to pay it what are the consequences? Can PJ ask that question? Phil, they will write to you and they will remind you that you haven't paid it. Somebody might come to your door and put a letter in to remind you that you haven't paid it and remind you that if you don't pay it, there's a possibility of a fine and a possibility of a court appearance. There is some story doing the rounds about so- on social media of a-, a woman being dragged away into court because she didn't pay her television license. That's nonsense. There's a whole lot more to that story going around. So, it, But, Phil, if you choose not to pay... You'll get letters. You'll get several opportunities to pay. But if you don't pay, they could well end up finding you. The whole process was inhumane, says this. Uh, they're on public television repeating the same questions over and over. On the invoices, did you catch the bit about UK VAT rates compared to Ireland for services? That's where they invoice to UK middleman, says Kevin. Good morning. I find the most appalling that we're all obliged by the law to pay the TV licence. If not, a person goes to jail and has a criminal record. Here in this situation, I bet no one will be held accountable. If people will resign the result, they'll get a couple of hundred thousand euro and a golden handshake instead of going to jail. This is case. Uh, yep, a couple more of those. Let me get this is. Oh, yes, this is one now. This is about invoices, and Sophie has written this, and Sophie has a background in business and has an in-depth knowledge of business practices and how business works. So bear with me. Hi, PJ. An invoice from an accounting perspective cannot be raised without a purchase order. A product or service needs to be purchased before it can be invoiced. Which company raised the purchase order? Raised means produced, which company raised the purchase order is the first question. Secondly, the head of the Public Accounts Committee was embarrassing in questioning where Kelly's leverage came from, like Cadbury's. No one asked about the contract between Toberdy and the agent. I expect they too have a contract. Where Toberty does not deal directly with the customer i.e. RTE, and then that contract confirms the margin for the agent, which is usually 15%. Tuberty would sign a contract like this to secure a manager for all his commercial engagements. This is a basic model of indirect sales. Kelly's leverage is that he owns the product and RTE wants to buy it. And in this case, says Sophie, Tuberty is the product. That is good. Kelly, Noel Kelly, goes to RTE to sell a product and get a contract for sale of that product. Ryan Tuberty the product that's that's an interesting way of looking at it thank you Sophie for that
3: and there are more and more and more of them
6: which I will get to but on children and parties a couple of these coming in too Uh, IPJ read the children not being invited to parties just look at Special Olympics beautiful happy people and their families all delighted with their achievements it's the so called normal children I feel sorry for with parents who discriminate like that. Great show, Anne. And the song, Omi's Cheerleader. Yeah, brilliant summary tune. All we need now is the weather, says Mags. Well, Mags, I was looking at um, Carlo Weather late last night, and Alan... Alan's doing what Alan does very well. He says, I'm not making a prediction yet, but he reckons around the 21st of July... There's a smell of an improvement. What's happening at the moment, and we'll talk more about weather in a bit, because there's a massive heat wave dropping on parts of Europe, including the Canary Islands. There's a massive heat wave about to drop there if it's not there already. But there's a situation at the moment where this crap that comes into us from the Atlantic, we can't push it out. There's enough heat beneath us down south to push it away for a very long time, but it can't get up. So the system's pushing and pulling against one another. But Alan is doing the models up at Carlo Weather and he did a tweet last night where he said I'm just sensing the change on the horizon. Now trust me when I tell you, I'm long enough watching Alan O'Reilly to know that if he's watching something coming he has a fair idea it'll come. 0818 96 96 96 The lack of support for children's disability services effectively locks children out of society. Thank you. Not to disrespect John, but the future policymakers will have a better understanding than current politicians. They don't lock children away in asylums anymore. They lock them in homes in crisis. It's siblings, it's cousins, they know better than most. John is spot on. I agree with everything he says. Society is treating some of these people with contempt, and it's not good enough, says Joe. Oh, 96 96 96. Yes, it is getting very hot. Very hot in parts of Spain. There are actually, I just see a, a weather update this morning from the Canarias, which is a Spanish newspaper in the Canary Islands. They've updated heat warnings from orange to red now in some parts of of the islands, which that's that's kind of concerning. You a lot of stuff coming out of doll committees. There's a committee on, at the moment, and they're talking about the new children's hospital. And the committee has been told that the cost of it will almost certainly now be more than 2 billion euro 2000 million but this hearing has also been told this morning that only 27 rooms in this enormous new hospital are finished that the contractor is way behind time bam way behind time on the new children's hospital and that it will be over two billion euro by the time it's finished God oh, 0818 96 96 96 again on the Toberty situation are any of these broadcasters going to pay benefit in kind on the cars they had are revenue investigating this uh, RTE HR issue I'd also investigate are they all claiming mileage I pay benefit in kind the day I get the car rules for them and us well you know what I wouldn't take a company car now if you threw it at me. I really wouldn't, because Benefit and Kind is the greatest scourge known to man. It really is, like. It's absolute scourge. Um. I wouldn't take a company car if you threw it at me. Because of it. You end up paying more than you would be if you were financing your own car. Yeah. And that was all the thing last weekend with regard to, to Marty Morrissey, for example. Did Marty owe oh, benefit in kind? And I was out on Friday night socially at a party, and there were a few people there who work. One guy works directly in the tax system, and it's a couple of accountants and a few things like that were there. And they couldn't agree as to whether Marty would be due to benefit in kind. The only thing, there was a guy who works there fairly close to revenue, old pal of mine, hadn't seen him from college. And he said, you know what, Marty's going to have to have a, 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 a conversation. With the revenue commissioners. And hopefully that by the end of that conversation, they'll have done a deal of some kind. Because he's going to owe some money. That was his opinion. 0818 96 96. 96. Don't blame me. Hey, don't, it was an old, don't shoot me. I'm only the piano player. <laughs> right, it's very hot. Very hot. In some of our holiday hotspots. Worryingly hot. Which is the news. Worryingly hot. We'll go there next.
0: Join the conversation.
3: This is the Opinion Live.
0: With Hidden Hearing. Focus solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96
4: FM.
6: Yeah, we're with Clayton Hotels all this week, specifically the Clayton Hotel Cork City, right there on the doorstep of the city centre. Chance for you to soak up Cork's boutiques and department stores. We're going to send you to the Clayton for a night on us, dinner B&B for two people Uh, doing it every day this week on Cork's 96FM with thanks to the Clayton Hotel Cork City, a sound for you to identify, here's, this one is a tougher one than the last couple of days I think anyway Cardation, what's that what is that sound that's a tough one now To be associated with the hotel. Yeah, go on. 083-396-96-96 Now Pat O'Neill from Canary Islands Tips dot com. I just see coming up this morning, Pat, on the Canarias website, that there's a red heat warning in place on the islands. That that's a bit concerning. Good morning.
5: Yeah. Hi, PJ. How are you? Good Pretty morning. Good. Very good. Um Yes, yeah, extremely warm here at the moment. Uh is, and actually there's a red uh, heat alert in Gran Canaria and all the other islands that are orange, so I think we got 40.5 degrees yesterday in Gran Canaria, and it's supposed to hit 41 or 42 to, uh, today, you know. Yeah. Today is supposed to be the hottest day.
6: You're on Gran Canaria, aren't you,
5: yeah? I am indeed. I'm up in Las Palmas in the north, so it's, oh, it's just roasting, but it's going on forever, you know. The, this is the second heat wave now in about three weeks, you know.
6: Right, right. Now, the normal temperature this time of the year would be what? About the 29.30, wouldn't it?
5: Yeah, about that. I think things have really changed uh, this year. Last year was quite hot during the summer as well. But, like, summer usually is, like, high 20s. But um, I say, like, for example, in January or February this year, we had kind of wetter and colder weather than usual. Mm. But from March, PJ, it's just like every day is over 30. It was actually 37 degrees in the in the first week of April this year,
6: I was in Tenerife last summer, and and the one thing that I noticed was, and the one thing that saves the island and makes them so the islands so brilliant to visit is this constant breeze. It yeah. died for days on end last year when we were in Tenerife. It just God. died. Uh,
5: yeah, we're we're actually lucky here in Las Palmas. There's always a nice little breeze. Yeah, but yeah, it's same. There's very little breeze at the moment. Because we're getting a lot of you know that that klima, that uh, dust from the Sahara <laughs> Desert, so that that's really that's what's affecting us at the moment. You know, well, that, that's something so,
6: that that a local guy pointed out to me. I was in a in a, in a taxi one day and I was, I was yeah commenting on the heat and the, the girl driving the taxi was English and she said, well she said see that kilima thing she said that's it's about six weeks
5: early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, actually I usually used to see as. Like earlier in the year, you know, like yeah. it was quite, but it can come anytime, you know, but it's like it's affecting mainland Spain as well. I'm like, Andalusia is supposed to be 44 or 5 degrees, you know. And mm. um, I'm like, I remember we were talking the last time I spoke to you, you had said that there was a flight from Cork, I think, to uh, Seville. June, July and August right. and I, act- I actually said at the time, I said I wouldn't go near Seville in July and August. It's just like hell there you know.
6: Yeah, it is very hot and the re- reports back from it is that it's extremely hot there at the moment Look, this is climate change in action Pat. We, we, Big we, time. We still love to go to the sun and, and enjoy it but we need to be increasingly careful when we're there. What What are they saying out there for tourists what what are they advising
5: uh, well you know it's just basic uh, I'm like I'll give you an example I have friends here at the moment and we're up at the very end of the island here, so they wanted to go beyond and just see the edge of the island. And I walked it in, I said, but we all agreed, yeah, but we're meeting at eight o'clock, you know. So, like, so just, like, just drink plenty of water. I definitely wouldn't advise anyone to go into the interior of the islands, you know. Mm. Um, where you, I'm like, I... I go up to the mountains here quite a lot, like, but I wouldn't go near there at the moment, you know. Yeah. So, um, just, you know, stay in the shade, you know. Stay by the stay coast, in
6: the
5: stay in the shade. Yeah. yeah, stay by the coast. Like, and the south here is supposed to be even hotter, you know, down Plain this Maspalomas, you know. On um, the holiday spots. On so, the holiday spots, yeah, yeah. So, like, but the other islands are only on an orange, uh, uh, sorry, an orange alert, but that's still 37 degrees, you know. Mm.
6: And it's like, Listening to the local news outlets, there I know there is a there is an English speaking radio station, but they don't do a whole pile of local news. Are people being affected by this? Are people getting sick from the heat, Pat?
5: Uh, yeah, I think what happens when that Kalima comes in, uh, people kind of you get a lot of headaches and you don't feel great and. Uh, you know, can kind of drain your energy as well. You know, mm. so it's more the it's more the dust than the than the heat, really. You yeah. know, yeah. yeah, yeah. And do you know what I notice as well? Like, it's we all all my friends are saying that like my apartment is like a zoo at the moment. I have all different type of insects in there that I never have. You know, it's like it's just I was going into bed last night and I I took the covers off and there was two or three in there. Like, I well, well, out, little geckos you know? was it? Oh, everything! Like it's like a zoo. Like uh, <laughs> don't I'm, be saying that. I'm,
6: my missus will have a seizure. We're going to yeah. Lanzarote in a couple of
5: weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Like I was like, oh my god! Do you know I I I kind of was a bit wary about telling people because I would just say, well, oh God, is, am I not cleaning it right? Like, but all no, my friends are the, gecko, said the if same. If the geckos
6: you know? and lizards are coming in to ca- to cool down, there's something That's wrong. What they're doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hard. I looked
5: at. I looked online to see why they're coming in, and the basic is it's too hot for them, <laughs> and they're coming in to cool down, you know. But uh, and there's no amount of sprays that are going to help you like there. They're, no. they're going to come in, you know. So you just have to. They're they're little,
6: like them it. little fellas are harmless anyway. Give them a good wave of a towel, and they're gone out the window. They're more afraid of you than you'll ever be of them. What a, just? Well, I have you there, Pat. I, I know we talked before. Yeah. The, the the cost of living. I'm hearing from the mainland Spain, um, you know, holiday resorts that the cost of living is starting to climb. What's the
5: story out there? You know, it's very funny. You now we should bring this up because uh, I have actually have the latest inflation figures in front of me. Uh, actually, Spain has the lowest inflation in Europe at the moment. It's dropped to one point nine percent in um, in June 1. year 1. on year. What, yeah, one point nine. But the Canaries, what they do, like halfway through the month, they give the regions right, and the Canaries. Uh, Inflation, inflation was three point nine, so that's nearly double the uh, national. You know, yes. And like I look in there, right? Uh, for example, uh, the f- uh, food and uh, alcohol went up by twelve point eight percent in June. And hotels went up by eight percent, but hotels went up by about twelve percent last year. So you're talking twenty percent in two years, you know.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. So. Yeah, and I definitely think as well, PJ. Like there, there are like the tourist areas. I think some people are, you know, taking the Mickey or whatever the two, like adding taking advantage.
6: We've all kind of seen that you, you'll get skinned. And here's the sad part, Pat. And again, I say this from having travelled, been lucky enough to be able to travel many times to many parts yeah. of Spain. The cares, it's the flipping Irish bar, will skin yeah. you.
5: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It I'm is sorry, like. But it is uh, like- you know, yeah, it, it is like, and we have an Irish bar here. and I, I like going in there sometimes because, like, I'll have friends in there, you know. Yeah, yeah, But like, it it is the dearest bar, in town. you know, it is, the, and it's the same beer, you know. And the Guinness is horrible there. I'm not telling the I'm not telling you anything. I don't. No, tell them I've every tried night. it,
6: Pat. I've tried it yeah. in these places. No, you, Guinness does not travel well to those parts. No. The no, there's a
5: guy there now. He's creation. He's a manager, and he's sound like... And he said to me recently, uh, you can drink Guinness free all night if you drink it. And I said, no, <laughs> like it's that bad. You know? <laughs> I could not drink you know.
6: Get the cans and throw them in the fridge at home and pour them yourself. <laughs>
5: yeah, know. he said to me, he said, oh, I had an Irish guy in here the other day. And he said, that. Uh, he said, you know what he said about the Guinness? He said, I said, what? He said, it's not too bad. I said, Jory, that's an insult. <laughs> you know, yes. like, if we say I said if I asked a friend how are you and he said, I'm not too bad, I'd say, Whoa, what's wrong with you? you know? so like like so I had to explain the Irish like uh, talk to him, you know. I said is, that's an insult. Is it
6: busy, Pat? I know, again, you're in Las Palmas, kind of not away, you're not in an actual tourism. Yeah,
5: when I travel, I, I go to, I'm like, I'm very lucky here, PJ, that if you're a resident, you get 75% off all air travel and ferries within Spain. Yes. So, like, I was in that Palma one of the islands there two weeks ago. I got over for €5 Euro each way, you know. That's fantastic. And so I go to all the islands quite a lot. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's very, every month this year has been busier, then the same month in 2019, which was pre-COVID. Which, for the businesses, the bars and the,
6: the shops and the restaurants, it's great for them because they suffered. Uh, that part of the world suffered terribly during, it, during it COVID. You
5: know. Yeah, yeah, it did, like, basically every place. I remember during COVID going down to Playdenas, Like It was like something after a nuclear war, like, uh, all the shops and... Uh, 75% of the hotels were closed what were doing like, if there was a chain of hotels that had four hotels that were keeping one open you
6: know I was talking to a fellow last year he was an entertainer in, in Las Americas and he said to me when Covid hit literally he said he lived he lived 40 yards from his local Mercadona supermarket yeah. and the cop in the street spotted that he was making a second trip in one day to Mercadona and yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah yeah Jesus Yeah, Yeah, and everyone was doing that at the time, you know. Like, I think the first six weeks, there was a a complete lockdown. Yes. Um, But after that, it was quite normal. Uh, Okay, there was no toilets there, but, like, the bars were open, the restaurants, shops. Like, okay, there was curfews every now and again, 10 o'clock, 11. That's right. Uh, yeah, depending on the level of COVID, you know.
6: It was great to see you all back. It's great to see you back and look forward to being back. I haven't been, I haven't been in Lanzarote in ten years. I'm so looking forward to getting back there in a couple of weeks' time. Thank you, Pat. In Las Palmas, in Gran Canaria, there is a heat wave. It's like a heat dome has settled across. Europe and it is a red alert in the, in Gran Canaria, orange in Tenerife. I'm not too sure what Lanzarelli has. I think he has an orange for the end of the week. I just heard PJ mention Alan O'Reilly's post last night. Is there anything to be said for putting out the Child of Prague and leaving it out? Oh, Mags, put the Child of Prague out and let it out. Too, for goodness sake, because this, look, it's grand. There's nothing wholly wrong with it, but this is not proper summer. This is not proper summer. Thanks, Max. Right. Lastly, where am I going to line one? Fiona.
7: Hi, DJ. Yeah.
6: Uh, tell me what this is.
7: It's rolling
6: your suitcase. It's rolling your suitcase, it is, up to reception at the Clayton Hotel, which is where you will be going with whomever you choose to take with you for a night of your choice to shop until you drop in the city streets near there.
10: That's right. Thank who will you bring say. with you, Fiona? I'll bring my husband, Dara.
6: Probably a good probably a good call on that one. A good choice, yeah. <laughs> Alright, see you. Thanks very much. That's Fiona Harron in abandoned. Today's winner with Clayton City Centre. I do think Yes, that is it. Programme edited by Imra Hay, produced and researched by Richard Vickery. Thank you for joining what's been a lively conversation in whatever way you did. We'll talk to you tomorrow, just after nine.
0: Join the conversation This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing
7: health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie 96F yeah. Mm-hmm.